All right, everybody, welcome to The Moderate Majority with James and Zach and our Season 2, Episode 6, Midterms 22 Roundup, What It Means Going Forward. Jimmy, good to see you again. Nice to see you, bud. You look like you have less COVID funk on your face and more of your winter beard. <laughs> Those is, it's, I'm all COVID funk. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's mostly winter beard. No, nah, I, I gotta get rid of it. My kids are gonna start calling you Santa again. Grow it out. I know I got a face for radio and a six. Or is it a, a belly for that show? Six hundred pound life. Ooh, Jesus! <laughs> that is. So yeah. everybody thinks I'm Santa Claus yeah. during the winter as, time. As, so the, I'm as the sun goes down and there's less daytime, Jimmy gets darker and darker in his mood. <laughs> this may uh, really be. I don't his, have this to, may really be his last episode. I don't have. I don't have. What do they call that? Seasonal depression. I don't have that actually. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite time of the year. Where's James? We found him in the streets of Yellowknife, dressed up in a Santa outfit. <laughs> Begging for yeah. <laughs> for moccasins and or you and, see me on the nightly bottles news. of Jack. You see me on the nightly news pummeling a, a, a mall Santa because I'm sick of people comparing me to them. <laughs> you son of a bitch! You ruined my life, Dad. I, I've been I've been watching I've been watching James's <laughs> Spiral of December, and it reminds me of the movie The Santa Claus. <laughs> or, except, or The Shining, except except less happy. <laughs> oh my yeah. God! Well, that's good, man. He's got a beard. It's your favorite time of year. COVID's in the rearview mirror. Well, you know, not really. There's people getting it like four times now at my my work, so that's mm. great. No, yeah, we uh, four I just, time. I just had somebody uh, who works with me who is down and out with it. Mm-hmm. Um, As I slowly back away from. So you. I so I got to I got to um, I got to spend my last week heavy heavy hours in a kindergarten in a kindergarten classroom. You know, filled with. People who aren't quite people yet, but think they're people no. who are just crazy and mostly slobber and spit on everything. The worst. Yeah. The worst. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But on a positive note, this is day two for me of a nine day vacation. Oh so. yeah. Great. Just rub that shit. Uh, dude, you were, you took like October off. I so did. calm down. Well, part of that was COVID. So you <laughs> well, Hey, that's not my fault. Yeah. No, I had about like, I had like three weeks off in October. Right? Well, yeah, I, I took all. I, I think I worked like two days in October. But I have a good job. I have like five weeks, five, six weeks off paid. So why not? You must it? work for a socialist communist company. <laughs> oh. Are they woke? They sound woke to me. No. Are no. you sure? I don't think they are. They're not allowed in Florida not anymore. Get out of here. You know, I got to be honest, Zach. I usually gloss over this whole, like, you know, introduction when you ask me how I'm doing. I yeah. give you the whole spiel. But I think there's something really important to talk about today. What's that? Um, something that happened to me this week. And I know really don't. Like, get personal on oh, the man. show, you oh, know man. what I mean? But I think that, you know, if I can maybe say what I need to say and then, and with the one person listening, like, we can actually have a an honest moment uh, with emotion and stuff, I think it's kind of important. Um, I, like millions of people, have been affected by this this week. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've gone everywhere with this. I've gone to the internet. I've, you know, I've consulted the philosophers you know, on, you know, how to handle my, my emotion and my, my angst. Mm-hmm. Um, and having said that, I, I guess I'll just go ahead and say it, you know, I'm going to be honest. Um, I like millions of other Americans, uh, got in line for the Taylor Swift tickets and, uh, <laughs> for her heiress tour and, uh, Ticketmaster robbed me of my belief in the capitalist system once again. So I go on Amazon to, uh, you know, get a craft t-shirt mm. to, uh, you know, to, with this really 
small designer, mm-hmm. you know, my Che t-shirt to, yes. to just really, you know, wear my feelings. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, only a $200 t-shirt. You probably didn't. And you know what, you know what happened, Zach? It was sold out. You didn't get it. It was sold out. You didn't get it, which is I why didn't I didn't it. understand. I, I didn't. I didn't see this this blind side that you're dropping yeah. us with your emotions because yeah. you weren't wearing it on your t-shirt. I, yeah, I'm not wearing it on my t-shirt because I can't get it because once again capitalism failed me. And so, although I'm very angry about the capitalist system, very angry about Ticketmaster robbing me of the experience. You know, I'm a Swifty, bro. I've been a Swifty for a long time. Okay. Most people have since uh, we're never getting back together. I don't. Ever, I don't ever. know what that means. But anyway, um, so. Um, my biggest problem now is I have no place to put my anger. So all I can say is thanks, Joe Biden. You <laughs> fucked up the economy where I can't go see Taylor Swift. Thank you very much, Brandon. <laughs> a happy fucking birthday. It's going to be a sad birthday for me. <laughs> do you feel? Do you feel like that position's moderate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we even say anything? I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to say anything either. Yeah. I just I just asked a question. You feel like that's a moderate uh, position? Because if you feel like that's a moderate position, you probably don't think our show's moderate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, we, dude, uh, I, that's, all, that's all I'm yeah, saying. I'm, I, I'm just asking questions. If you, James, you're just, just asking, asking questions. questions. You, you know, you have your bow tie on. Uh, yeah, I'm just questions. asking questions. But it's this important issue, man. I have to tell you, the reason why I said something about this is. You know, on Friday, I, I wake up, and I woke up at 11.30 p.m. to go to work on Friday um, and worked until, like, uh, 10 o'clock in the next morning. That's abnormal because he usually wakes up at 1, so just so yeah. you guys know. Yeah, so, um, I, you know, I, in the I, morning. I do my, my shtick in the, in, like, you know, reading the news before I go to work, and in, uh, I'm reading the New York Times, and there's, like, three articles about the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fiasco. Um, where these people are write, writing like these really sincere, like, you know, I guess human interest pieces about this. And I'm like, mm. I just couldn't muster up any sympathy for people not being able to get Taylor Swift tickets. No, I just I no. couldn't. And didn't you reach not. out to me at one point and say, like, then I share something important with you in the news? Can't remember what it was. It was during the election. Oh, it was during, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, couldn't get any updates on who controlled the house. Yeah. But I but I was being inundated with Taylor Swift opinion articles. No, we were being we were, I was being inundated with the uh, Estee Lauder buying time. Oh, Ford right, right. For Estee two point one billion yeah, dollars, yeah. and like I got push notifications on my phone for that, but I wasn't getting push notifications for you know the house races and all that early on in the day. You know, the final sort of poll roundups and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, bro, this is one upset Swifty, okay? So I, w- I want to – I'm going to kind of talk about something, too. I, w- I was talking to a friend um, who um, – I didn't realize this about them, but apparently they are uh, very sensitive to the, to the transgender issue, specifically amongst kids. Um, and in a like, oh, so instead of in what way, if you don't like, know. as in like, I don't like their positions. I don't feel like twelve-year-old kids should get to decide or that some, you know, without their parents' consent that they can it's, do something. It's complicated. They do something to their body, yeah. but then it kind of, I they had had a they had gotten into an argument with a with a doctor friend of theirs, uh, I think their closest friend, and they weren't currently on speaking terms because it got so heated about this subject, and I'm assuming that the doctor took a different perspective. If, if if I was being this this if you're just this this friend's perspective was being revealed to me and and then it kind of like started morphing into and I don't know if it was frustration or an actual viewpoint but like you know going to a certain store here and where we live and there was uh, a trans person working at the store now and uh, they had hairy legs and a and a beard and if you know the, the comment was like if you want to be 
female, then at least shave your legs and maybe get rid of your facial hair. It started to get kind of like personal. And I tried to diffuse the situation because I was like, you know, man, life must be pretty great. You know, like you got a lot of positive things to focus on if this is where you're putting all your energy. Like, you know, this like impacts like less than a percent of the population. And, and you're, you're, I, I kept trying to redirect like with jokes to other things. Yeah. You're just trying to, yeah. And it just like, kept, we don't have to talk about it. It just kept yeah. coming back. And finally I was just going like, sweet Jesus. And then it, and then it, Could some, you please stop? then it, yeah, then it somehow got to pride month. <clears throat> and the example was that they had, they have a friend who's uh, gay, but has zero interest in pride month and doesn't want to be separate. They just want to be normal. And I said, well, I, that sounds like a, a talking point from a certain perspective that gets put out there a lot. And I said, you know, what was interesting to me is this friend uh, is uh, a native to the San Pedro area and one of the uh, southeastern European um, ethnic groups that basically settled there. And I know has spent many a day in specific ethnic group uh, clubs and halls. Yeah. And it's like taking taking St. Patrick's Day St. Patrick's Day away from the right. Irish. You know? So like, I tried okay. to I I, I made that point. One day I'm going to learn how to speak for yeah. this podcast. I, I made that point, and it kind of the dust settled. Mm-hmm. But and I left it there. And no, you know, this is the this is the great thing, right? Like you should be able to have these types of conversations. There was no, I was not chastising or like. You know, despite my feeling on the subject, and I didn't reveal kind of where I sit with everything. I just kind of was trying to play devil's advocate, right? Kind of put out a wider perspective and looking at that, like, hey, you're part of these clubs and you do all these things. And I was invited to a party in one of these clubs and got taken around by that person's, you know, no-no and shown the history of, you know, that specific ethnic group throughout the history of Pedro. And it was really cool stuff. And yeah, it's history. You know, I cool. said I, my, the majority of my ethnic makeup is German. Uh, I think I went to Oktoberfest one time in my life over at Alpine Village, and that was because a non-ethnic German friend of mine wanted to go drink over there, and so I met up with some people, but I've never gone since, and I don't feel the need to go by Lederhosen and do all those things to celebrate that Germanness. No, because that's just a Friday night for you. That, that, yeah, that, <laughs> that, 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 doesn't, that, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that I don't care about it. But the point that I also tried to make there was that like there are some people where this is very important. It's very important to to have recognize that, that and have that community and keep those roots. For me, it's just not. Yeah, I, I've, and, I've, and it's not right or wrong. I've, but I don't sit there and yeah. go, "Why the hell are all these ethnic Germans in the in, with their in ancestry dot com going over to Oktoberfest? This is a ridiculous month and a ridiculous thing." And the reason I bring this up I mean, right that's now, just being a joy kill at that point. Yeah, I mean, the reason I bring this up right now, and I'm going to kind of. Uh, I guess say my stronger piece here is uh, following the uh, the the LGBTQ nightclub shooting in Colorado last night, where five people were killed and eighteen people are wounded uh, by a twenty two year old who uh, went in there with a long rifle uh, before he was disarmed by people that were there. The, the people in the club actually did the job before the cops got on scene. Although I will say the police responded very quickly. They were there within I think six minutes of the shooting started and I think he had been disarmed about a minute before they arrived on the scene. Um, that's what the reports are saying. Yeah, that's what the reports are saying. We'll, we'll have to see how yeah, that comes out. Good. <clears throat> but what I want to say to my friend, if they're listening to this episode and we can have this conversation after, this is why there's a Pride Month. This is why the people who want to take pride and show that there's a positive and that there's a community and they're worth being seen and heard is because there are moments like this and the one that happened years ago in Florida where they are literally being targeted to be slaughtered because there are people in this country who don't think they should exist. 
at all. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. there, and there's, there's degrees that they shouldn't be able to don't ask, don't tell. We can go back. We can go back to the raids on these bars in New York City. Okay, that happened through the fifties, sixties, and seventies. I can share something that with my personal life of this. I, I work Please in Long do. Beach. Please do. I work in Long Beach, which has a very Long Beach, California, has a very um, high LBGT community. Uh, I think it's like second outside of San Francisco in terms of yes. per capita. And uh, I work with a lot of folks who are members of this community. Um, not so much the trans community. I got to be honest. There's maybe one or two that I've worked with throughout my years, and I've been in the same company for nearly um, like twenty five, thirty years. So. Um, we, uh, you know, we, we, uh, sell, we, we work odd hours as, you know, obviously I've just said and, uh, illustrated by waking up at 1130 PM. So there's a few dive bars around, uh, my area that stay open late or open, you know, like they stay open, you know, within legal, you know, 2 AM types of things. Right. But, you know, it's the only, there's only a couple places to stay open that late where right. we're at. And I used to work a particular shift where you know, we would get off at 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, and you're not going to a club, you know, those will stay open late, but a lot of the bars in our neighborhoods will close down fairly early, you know, 10 or 11. So, uh, while back, this is a few years back, um, we go out to this particular dive bar and, um, you know, it's pool, you know, really big, you know, schooners, ice cold, great, wonderful thing after work. And we're celebrating a guy's, um, you know, he's getting, he's getting married or he's having his first baby. So like, you know, we're, you know, we're a bunch of guys, you know, I'm not going to lie. There's like maybe a couple females on our, on our crew and not that that matters. I'm just trying to paint the picture of how many people are with us. And we have one person who is uh, a homosexual and, um, you know, so, you know, we give them all the gifts that we've, we've collected, you know, out in the parking lot, we go in for a couple beers and we're going to be gone in about an hour and we're sitting there and we're having our drinks and uh this guy's just talking to me this 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 guy I work with who happens to be gay and we're just having a conversation about some personalities at work as you are wanting to do you know at a work function you don't really know each other all that well outside of work but you right. want to be supportive of you know the the milestones in your life you know marriages buy buy a guy a beer buy him a gift you're done you know right and we're minding our own business and this guy comes over and he him with his like friends and they just start lambasting my my work friend about being gay and he's at the wrong fucking bar and that if he knows what's good for him he's got to leave and obviously a debate ensues like bro we're not bothering you we're not even talking to you dude you're you're seeking us out at this point yep. his friends start throwing you know just the usual sort of insults that you would get in this situation right. they're obviously you know intoxicated but not not to the point where they didn't know what the f they were doing. Right. Like they knew what they were doing. They right. they felt uncomfortable with my friend being there. Right. And I got to be honest with you, my, I mean, my friend wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just existing. Right. And this was like this was about four or five years ago. Yeah. And so obviously, it became a a little bit of a shuffle. You know. Uh, you know. Nobody really got hurt. Nobody really got in a, in a fist fight. But we were like, did you need to back the fuck off? You know, something like that. And it, throughout my this entire situation, my friend who was sticking up for himself, you know, and, you know, doing the best he could um, of just like having to exist in that environment. Like we sit down and he goes right back into his story that he was telling me before this all happened. And I'm like, you want to take a moment? You want to you just take a moment and kind of like, you know get over this and just get it out He's dude. like i'm used to this you know and he was done. like no this is this is what happens i'm like are you kidding me we're in a city 
that is per capita like the second largest city in America for, for homosexuals. It doesn't matter. And I'm just fucking shocked. Like, I needed more of a of closure from that incident right. than he did. Because this is something that he, he was used to. Right. So, it, which just shows, again, right, it comes from, like, I mean, there's a privilege that comes with that, right? There are certain, there are certain ways that, that being a white male and straight, you're not going to get accosted for that, like, other, other different groups are going to get. And, and, and when you don't have that experience until you're in something like that, you don't know what that feels like. And then to sit there and think like, wow, this has happened so many times in this guy's life that like, it doesn't even phase him anymore. He's so desensitized to it or has learned to adapt to it and adjust to it. Like that has to be a pretty constant thing. And when you don't deal with it and you start thinking about it, you get angry or you get, you just, like you said, you're just kind of shocked. So yeah, I mean, you know, there, there, it's not, it's always that I, I don't mind if you, if I don't mind if you are just, why do you need to be seen? Like that, it seems so innocuous, you know, it seems so, so like, so not a huge thing, but I mean, it's one of, it's one of the darkest things that somebody can like actually say out loud. And I'm going to segue this right to other, to, can I say one more yeah, thing? Yeah, about yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, man, I've been to the gay pride thing twice. Cause it's in the city that you know, Long Beach has a very large gay pride day or actually it's a weekend event. I think it's right. a four or five day event. And man, I got to be honest, I, I, I did not, I was a little nervous the first time I went because I was thinking, well, this is for the LBGTQ community. Like, I just feel like I'm going to go down there as a voyeur, you know, just right, checking like it you're out. Watching but I went actually down there to support, I have a, a lesbian niece who, a niece who is, I don't know, I don't know how you probably say that. A niece who is a lesbian. Yeah. A lesbian niece. And that's a, that sounds like a whole nother species. She likes ladies. <clears throat> she likes ladies. And, um, not a problem in our you know, family unit. Um, nobody has an issue with this, but she asked for people to go down with her because this was her first yeah, Pride event to go. Support from her and I gotta be honest, guys, I had a wonderful time. Yeah. Dude, it's partying, it's a lot of drinking, a lot of dancing, and I gotta be honest, guy, I got hit on. <laughs> uh, guy walked up to me and just asked me if I wanted to get naked. And I was like, no, but I'm super happy that you asked because I still got it. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So as long as there's someplace, then I still got it. Yeah, that's... I and, mean, uh, I mean that, that's called... Can, can I just throw that out there? That's I mean, have that's, fun. That's called being secure in who you are. Yeah, I'm a, I, right. just have fun. Yeah. Like, it's not... No one's down there to, to hurt you or to convert you into, you know, homosexuality or anything. There's just an expression of who you are and uh, who they are and who we are. As, I felt... I gotta be honest, man. I've never... And I, you know me, Zach. I'm not a big fan of huge crowds like i don't dig crowds like even sporting events anymore yeah. i'm like you know i don't trust half of these people like you hear about the nightclub that's going you know the, yeah, the yeah. shootings like right. just last night like 60 year old people were beaten badly at an elton john concert from bumping into someone's car wow. um and so i i typically are like okay dude no, i'll stay away but i have to be honest at the gay pride day parade i was like i felt like how can I say this? You felt safe. You feel like it's fun. It's just there's a there's a joyness about I feel it. Like and if you don't if you're if you if you can't be around people who are having fun and not feel that that it's it's infectious. Like this is good. This is and I felt like you were I mean it was it was a really weird thing. It's like you feel good at being a human. You feel happy about being a human being. You feel like, you felt like you were in the center of a cuddle circle of a bunch of big cozy bears <laughs> that were just like coming around. Hey man, I got to be honest, if that did it for me, bro. I wouldn't have a problem, but, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, but, but the point, but, 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 but to my, like, yeah, go ahead. You can have fun. It's about like, listen, everybody does St. Patrick's day. If you're, if you're the guy sitting at home going, I don't know why the Irish have a fucking day. 
well, you know, hey, listen, it was an experience. We're all from somewhere else in this country, yeah. right? And we have a lot of people in a lot of communities that then not felt like comfortable in their own countries expressing who they are. Irish Catholics in Ireland, at one time, outlawed. Yeah. Right? So yeah. this was this was an expression of freedom, of communal living, of, you know, when, you know when, all When that. people don't want you to exist, when they will do whatever they have to so that you won't exist. And sometimes at different points, that, use, that means using the mechanism of government and law. <laughs> that will stay with you forever. Um, yeah, I mean... And I think, you know, if you can get hit, if you're, you're, you get hit on and it's just like you take it like any other thing, like whether it's, whether, you know, I'm straight, whether it's attractive woman or, you know, one that's not as attractive in my mind's eye or it's a, a dude or whatever, it doesn't matter where you rank that in the pantheon of how much you would be willing to return that attraction or not at all. So on a scale of like 200% to zero, like the bottom line should be, it should be a positive experience because somebody looked at you and saw value in you, even if it was only surface level. And we're like, I want to get to know that person. Yeah. Somebody, somebody looked at you and was like, I want to get to know you on some level. <laughs> That's going to feel good. Probably yeah. carnal level. <laughs> yeah. But, but I didn't, I wasn't like, I'm going to go beat the fuck out of that yeah. guy because he just, he just affronted my he, sexuality. Right, right. It's like, no guy, I, I'm with my wife. Like so, and, I'm and, pretty and, secure and, in and, the and fact I, that I'm not going to go that say, way. I would say anybody who feels that way, is probably scared of something stirring inside of them. I got butterflies in my belly. Yeah, and I didn't like it. So I'm well, gonna that large the, man actually. So I'm going to beat. Gonna be, I'm going to beat the crap out of him. Yeah, that's what my yeah. dad used to do to me when he would call me a little girl. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's tons of stories. So to segue that also to also contemporary stuff here before we, we wrap up this intro, um, we are on the precipice here of probably one of the last things the Senate is going to do. But again, another huge piece of bipartisan legislation that is going to be coming and signed. And on the president's desk and signed out of the Senate, probably after we come back from Thanksgiving year break. And that is the bipartisan legislation that is going to federally codify and protect uh, gay marriage and also contraception. They're doing those two things together, I think, in response to, the, uh, you know, Clarence Thomas's comments after the Dobbs decision that this is this was going to be next on the docket. So the federal government was going to step in and kind of make And you that. actually have some Republican yeah. support for this. Well, yeah, yeah big, yeah. right? So like the House actually already passed this piece of legislation a while ago uh, with, I believe, and I'm going to get this wrong, but I believe it was somewhere between 40 to 60, some 60 plus votes from mm -hmm. Republicans. So a huge bipartisan support within that caucus for that bill. You also had the, the Mormon church come out this week in favor of- In favor of it, yeah. And Mitt Romney was one of the people. I, I Oh, um, sorry, I, it was not contraception. I misspoke. It was uh, gay marriage and interracial marriage. So they were talking. They, they, they the fact that down. we have to bring that up in the 21st century frightens the well, shit out and, of me. And, and, and I'm, I'm not going to speak to you know the political uh, thing of this, but one of the, so 12 senators voted for it. Republican senators voted for it to get it over the, the filibuster hurdle. One of them was not Mitch McConnell, who's married to a woman of a different race mm -hmm. and ethnicity, which is you know interesting. But again. The man may have his reasons. I don't want to waste time going in here. I just think it's great that, again, another bipartisan piece of legislation that has meaningful protections for people in a society where everybody wants to talk about freedom, but then there's a lot of people who don't want other people to be free. And they don't want to guarantee it. Yeah, they don't want to guarantee it. So, um, so yeah. I can get my tires guaranteed, but I can't guarantee the fact the person that I love is not going to be my, my husband or wife because, you know. 
right. and, and offend somebody else's. I don't. I don't like the way that looks. You yeah. can do it behind closed doors, but I don't need to recognize it. Well, and I think I think um, you know, segueing into kind of what we're going to talk about today in terms of midterms. I think you know one of the big missteps of Oz's uh, debate, even though he was debating a, a a person who had some issues with you know health. getting getting what getting what he was thinking in his in brain his out of his I, mouth. I have is, that problem as you could probably tell on this yeah, podcast. And, and you're not recovering, and I'm not from, recovering a from a stroke. I'm yeah. just dumb. But anyway, um Oz's really big misstep was basically saying that, you know, local and state government officials should be involved in the decision, decision for a woman to choose whether or not she abort's uh yeah. fetus or not. I, I mean I think that was where people were like, mm, Oz, you almost had me, buddy. Yeah. But uh <laughs> nope. As soon as you said that, like I don't need, you know, Cletus, my, you know, ombudsman, you know, saying, you know what, I, I think I'm gonna get involved in your business inside your, you know, doctor's I know, office. I voted for a mayor. Kind of a fan. Not really want that ma- the mayor involved in any decision making uh, right. in terms of my family. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, get the potholes fucking filled. Yeah. First. Yeah. Yeah. Make, yeah. The, make mm-hmm. the streets and the lights work. Yeah. Uh, the lights run on time. Yeah. The potholes filled up. That's yeah. that's, that's that's all I need from you. That's exactly. Thanks. Well, you, can stop, <laughs> you can stop. I right don't there. need you involved trash, in my, my trash, cancer treatment trash or my wife's in my decision. To have recycling. Family. You know, yeah. invest into the business section of the of the of the city. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Yeah. All right, so uh, when we come back, we're going to do a, a quick Ukraine update, some uh, interesting things, you know, continuing to develop there. And then we're going to get into, um, you know, our midterm 22 roundup and, you know, what it means moving forward. Stay strong, Swifties. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you guys when we come back. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Moderate Majority with James and Zach and our Season 2, Episode 6, Midterms 22 Roundup, What It Means Going Forward. This is our Ukraine update. Winter has come. <laughs> winter, winter has come, We Jimmy. all knew it was going to be here. Yeah. And uh, the Ukrainians have being, been loaded up by NATO countries with a ton of winter gear, winter equipment, winter uh, weather. So is, the, so is the Russians. They've sent them newspapers. So stuff in <laughs> Newspapers, <laughs> tampons, tampads, uh, Adidas track jackets and shirts. Uh, one gun to fire and feel the warmth off for a squad of ten. And three bullets. Yeah. Um, I, no, honestly, I'm sure the Russians have probably some winter uh, stuff, but uh, probably a, not enough to go around. That's a bold statement, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think it's Russia. They they're they, not even arming. They're not even arming their new mobilized guys with like actual equipment. What are they giving them? Like bats and sticks? That would be that would be arming them with actual equipment. <laughs> wow! wow. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, um, yeah. So go out uh, there and run across that field and hold the ground. Yeah, <laughs> with your good attitude. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been looking at uh, I've been looking at journalists releasing some drone footage of aftermaths from over the top near Bakhmut, which is in the Donetsk Oblast, which the Russians have been trying to take for like six months now. Um, is it the same old frontal assault? It's fucking shocking. You, you just, you're counting and you're like, that can't, the, that cluster can't be bodies. And then it's just like, oh, and we didn't have time to show, you know, we had to keep our clip below a minute and a half. It's, it, apparently it's, they interviewed, I think the, I believe it was the Times or it was BBC, I don't remember which one, but they interviewed a commander 
that went just by his call sign over there and he said literally it's you we look out from our observation points and it's like looking over like a medieval battlefield there's that many dead people out oh, there oh god and they don't they don't pick them up they just leave them so he well, said, thank god winter's coming well that he goes he said that's one of the things is like after a failed assault the next failed assault we'll send the drones up and they're looking to see if they can catch anybody moving out there you know to see if it's Someone's somebody alive. laying low yeah, yeah like they're like they're, they're so um winter's here uh the obviously the southern uh southern front in Hirson has um has stabilized uh there was some reports early on about you know uh, ukrainian special forces crossing the dnipro uh, they may be actually working in gray zones uh, believe the russians are pulling back about 10 to 15 kilometers from the left bank of the river um they've already started moving a lot of equipment and uh men to melitopol which if you don't know where that is it's kind of like a city that was almost halfway slightly more to the east between Kherson and Mariupol and it's got kind of a central position between those two wings so I think that's going to be the center of their operations um, the west is trying to determine whether that means there's a, a, a push by the Russians that's going to come up from the south southeast and the Zaporizhia front which has been pretty static for a long time it's probably the quietest front out of all of the fronts um, <clears throat> they're talking about the you know them already being moved. The Ukrainians have moved a bunch of their forces over to the east. Um, we were just talking before we started here. I said, <clears throat> if the end of the calendar year comes and the Ukrainians haven't taken Krimina and Svatove in the uh, Luhansk area in the northeast, I'll be surprised. They've just been so meticulous in the pressure they're bringing to bear. And a lot of people have said, oh, well, um, you know, the winter is going to pause this war. Uh, it's not 1913 or 1914 anymore. Uh, you have modern war. People can fight uh, mm -hmm. in the winter. But ask the Finns in 1939 and 40 how that worked for them. They they did a, a pretty beast, decent yeah. job. So, um, and that winter was. I imagine you turn any any battlefield into a or any battlefield um, situation or circumstances into some type of a advantage. Strategy. Yeah, I, and, and, I, and I see, I actually see the winter being worse. I think that's going to become an even bigger liability for the Russians and their logistical issues. Um, you know, and with the Ukrainians getting better trained and more and more troops brought to bear on the field. I mean, I was just reading an article that uh, all-volunteer uh, regiment had had so many people come in and had been added to over the course of the conflict that they now were effectively had been turned into an actual battalion. So, wow. yeah, you know, you're, you're, just, you're getting units that are getting stronger and bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the Russians have units that they're cobbling together or disbanding because they don't exist anymore. They're dwindling, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's going to happen. I think on the political front, one of the things that was spoken of this week that we should kind of toss in there. And, Jimmy, this is something that you've been concerned about for a while. So I'm going to throw this over to you and just get your thoughts. But, um, you know, a lot of criticism from a lot of supporters in Ukraine, especially in Europe. Um, and, and some, you know, retired, you know, low-level generals in America who have been kind of in the consultation business for a while now, on uh, Mark Milley's, uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, comments that um, he, whether this is what he said or what he meant in the moment, being interpreted that, like, Ukraine can't take all of their territory back from Russia anytime soon, so it's time to go to the negotiation table. Um you know, there was there was a leak of something to that effect. Mm -hmm. I think he came out and kind of tried to kind of restate what he in context, but it still kind of had that theme of like you need to be ready to negotiate. So there's that, you know, 
is are the American people and people in the West going to continue to want to fund the Ukrainians to get to that point? Or, and is that the issue? Like, you know, is there is there a political weakness there? Or is it something they just believe? Because if you look at it from the surface, I'm going to kind of throw this out and then you can kind of talk to whatever point you want. You know, if you were to negotiate at that point and give Russia anything positive, you know, pre-February 24th, 22, then you're rewarding this invasion. Um, you're not giving them any type of a, a sanctions at all. You're not, yeah, you're not yeah, taking yeah. anything away. Yeah, from yeah. Them. You're, you're rewarding them for the land that they took and saying, yeah, rebuild and come do it again. And, and Or you're just, you know, it's not even come do it again. It's it's quite literally like you can do it in another country and we'll, we'll support a effort to to kick you out of this country to a point. Yeah, to an oper- oper- and so they can pause. still they can still take like, like just use an example. If we go to a negotiating table and like, not we, but the Ukrainians do, and we along with it, we somehow broker a deal where they keep Crimea. Like yeah. that's not cool. That was an illegal annexation. Right, right, because for for people in the West, well, we should throw this out there for people in the West and other parts of the world, frankly, outside of Ukraine. And maybe the the border countries there, like you know, I read a great article about how Ukraine and Poland actually had really rocky relationship historically, sure, uh, because of the Germans in World War Two, yeah. mm-hmm. and what Russia and Putin is doing now has made these guys realize who the true enemy is in their time, and the people are becoming becoming those two people are becoming close like it has never happened before in the history, and it's kind of this dawn of this new era of friendship and kind of solidarity, of like hey, if we band together. We can we can stop this threat that we've all been living under the shadow of for sure. a long time. But but I, I oh go ahead. I'm, no, I was just gonna say finish. I was gonna say I digress. We all talk about this war like it started on February twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. If you ask anybody in Ukraine, any Ukrainian, this war started in two thousand fourteen with the invasion of Crimea. Yeah, the clock. This has been an almost nine year war for them. Yeah, they've been fighting and dying on static lines in the east. So I think with General Miley though, let's 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 yeah. Let's so so I'm throwing the like, yeah. let's talk about the American political perspective, but also yeah. I mean the political about... perspective is still going to be up in the air because we don't know a lot about what's you know what the Republicans in the House are going to start saying about this. Well, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene has given us a real. I mean, she's, she's, she's a, just come out. It's gonna, I guess it, it's going to be dependent on whether or not she is truly a a, a major player in the House. I, and can I can I just say this real quick? Um, like anything that comes out of her mouth, uh, and I'm sorry if this isn't moderate mm-hmm. to point out the truth, but. Um, you know, she's not a moderate human being. Well, I'm just saying, if you're listening to this, and you don't feel like this is moderate because maybe you like Marjorie a little bit, then maybe you need to reassess whether you're actually moderate or not. But saying that 82,000 Russians crossed the border with Ukraine and we're putting billions of dollars in, but five million illegals have crossed our border, is uh, a false, a false comparison, and and you don't even have your numbers right on either side of that. So well, the fact that you have to point that out was disturbing to me. <laughs> no, well, yeah, so but, but but right, one when, group is coming with guns. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is one of the things, right? Because I've talked to people who have who've talked to us about kind of the show that we run, and they'll make you know they'll listen to one segment of it or one part of it, and they'll question. It's like you need to listen to it in its entirety, and you need to also understand nuance if you're going to understand the yeah. moderate majority yeah. and where the middle sits. Yeah. Uh, because when you live in a world of extremes and that's all you're looking at, whether you believe in one side but you want to you want to tap into the other side so you know who to hate, who the boogeyman is, let me give you just a real quick 
thing right here, if you are living in the extremes, nuance doesn't exist for you because nuance doesn't, that world doesn't know it's nuance. never going to penetrate your ideology. Exactly. So I, I just needed to throw that in there yeah. real quick, but, but yeah, so, go ahead. So with General Miley, um, I think it's important to understand that he is an American general, right? He has our interest in mind. Right. And I think uh, this, what happened this week is a pretty big eye-opener of probably what keeps him up at night. Yeah. With, uh, you know, those initial reports of the missiles landing in Poland and killing two individuals. Um, initially, we thought it was Russia, right? And then it comes to, come to find out it was, you know, part okay. of the missile defense system of the, of the Ukrainians. And um, can I just throw this in there real quick? To, to, Poland's, to the Poland's president and their people, all of them have stood in solidarity with Ukraine and blame Russia because of course, those, an, those, those anti-air those, missiles wouldn't have been fired in the air launched. if there was yeah. if Russian aggression yeah, didn't I mean, exist. So yeah. Yeah, these muscle these missiles that were flying through um you know the air that that's that's what to blame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um but I think it was a big indicator of just how this could spiral so quickly out of control. Like where it becomes a fight with you from you know with Ukraine and Russia with People getting involved, other other countries getting involved, you know, in the background, you know, China, Iran. I now I now hear that they've or struck a deal to send more kamikaze drones over to Russia. Um, I don't know how true that is, but that's the initial reports as of like Thursday or Friday. I think they were saying they were their their governments on the on the verge of being overthrown. They have their own problems, right? Yeah. Um, and can can I throw something in real quick too mm-hmm. in that thought process? Because this is not something you and I talked a lot during the week when that the missile incident happened in Poland and what that could mean for the conflict. But what came out of that was the Russians have a very safe line that they are sending their missiles via when hitting targets in the west of the country so as to avoid that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're good people. I think it speaks to the fact that they know that if they're not very careful with that, they're fucked. And, yeah. and so, and so when well, that, 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 that's what you know? I, that was the quiet part that was spoken out loud indirectly to me when I looked at all that, when it finally settled in and we learned that it's like, no, no our, we have our, a protocol. Yeah. We have a protocol and we're sending them or airing over from a different direction. So that doesn't even have a possibility yeah. of happening within the margin of error where these, yeah. these things can happen. And that speaks to the fact that they know <laughs> if they land something directly in any of those NATO countries, yeah. they're opening themselves up to some real problems. Article five. That's that's the big thing. But I think Miley's looking at this as we don't want to escalate. And I think the longer it goes on, the chances of escalation, I think for a general and, you know, as a, you know, somebody who looks at strategy and tactics and, you know, trying to, trying to keep it all together. Right. He's looking at this from an angle that we're not looking at it from. Right. We're seeing Ukrainians defending their freedom, their democracy, a noble cause. I mean, there's a lot of like hard work that goes on behind the scenes, even in the Pentagon and our military in order to bring that support to them. Um, and I think, you know, Miley's looking at this from that angle, like what's the best for the American interests and the American interests is this does not get out of hand where it becomes, you know, uh, a, you know, a one to one ratio in terms of the conflict. Um, it be- now becomes a regional conflict. Um, and there's, there's a lot to say to that. You know, I'm not sure if that's what's in his mind, but that's, that's the low hanging fruit that I can go after because right. that, that makes sense to me. So um, I would argue that it probably already is a regional conflict in a lot of ways, um, you know, with Belarus acting the fool and letting Russia invade from, uh, from the north. 
Um, I think Poland's been biting at the bit to to get back at Russia, yeah. pr- probably since the the fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of lot of history there that since, I would urge people to go and check up yeah, on. Since stabbing them in the back after the Germans had invaded uh, from yeah. the West. Okay. And so if you look at all this, and I, I agree with that. I mean, there's so many, there's so much historical context to put in here. And there's, you know, there's so much bad blood that, you know, anytime somebody can get a stab in, they're going to. Um, but I see what my least point is, because if, say, those were Russian missiles that went into Poland, you know, and they did Article 4 first in terms of an investigation, and then out, depending on the results of that investigation, Article 5 gets you know, gets invoked. Um, that was an attack on a NATO nation and attack on one is an attack on all and we go to war. Yeah. Now, what that means is your your ability to be elastic and be able to move between negotiating with China, um, you know, trying to, trying to stave off, uh, you know, as much as you possibly can, supplies going into Russia um, to, uh, to uh, allow them to continue to be a, a, an effective fighting force. Um, which let's be honest, look who they're going to. They're going to Iran and North Korea to get munitions. Right. That should tell you right there that the rest of the the world isn't really getting involved in this in any time soon. So, I'm just saying I understand his position. I, as as an American, uh, yeah, the one thing that frightens most people is this getting out of hand, and we have World War Three on our hands. Um, because if if that happens, then there's no there's no play there. I mean, yeah, the the, the lines get really hard. I, yeah, and you are now going to be you're, you're forcing China to basically make a decision. You're forcing India to make a decision. You're forcing you know parts of the Middle East to make a decision as to who they're going to go with. Yeah, and you don't want to create a situation where, you know, you 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 don't have play, right? Yeah, I don't I don't. It, it can't. You, no one wins when it's a zero sum game. I think I think we're past World War Three, in my book. Like I I feel I I don't. They're, they're, and we talked about this a little bit, if, if they were Russian missiles, how I thought that would escalate. And none of them were nuclear options. Because um, the West just is very smart in that context. And that's yeah, but I don't think World War III is necessarily going to be nuclear right away. Right, right. right. There's, it's, it'll start out probably traditionally. Yeah, I mean... That, and then someone's going to get you would, desperate. You would, you would need power. You, need, you would need two equal power structures going head-to-head. And, and that, that doesn't exist well, you right know now what, you over know what in my, the region. You know what my thought was? But, my, my thought was that, that if, this, if these were Russian, and this is my only thing, and, and I know this is conspiratorial thinking, but I don't have the information that Miley has and the president and all this. You know, I look at... Putin, who has to somehow save face. I mean, he is he has painted himself into a corner domestically to where, you know, we all heard through, you know, documentaries like The Putin File that, you know, the Gaddafi thing really freaked this fucking guy out. Yeah, I mean, you know? he's past that point of saving. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Well, my thing opinion, is, like, if, yeah. you can, if you can pick a fight and, and escalate this and you automatically get beaten back and you withdraw saying, hey, man, I at least tried to take on the entire West, but it took them all to, to get me off my, my position... Then maybe you 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 go to your nationalists and say, hey, listen, this was this this I couldn't take on the West by myself. I mean, I know that sounds like pie in the sky, simplistic thinking, and nothing is that simplistic. But I'm thinking that would be the only way that he could even make an argument to the oligarchs that run the, you know, basically Russia, the military and the institutions of Russia. That hey, man, I I I gave it my all, but I I can't take on the entire West by myself. Yeah, I mean, I think I think your your point with Millie and the, the perspective you have was you know, supported by a lot of people, specifically uh, Family Guy memes. You know, there was one that came out real quick. Uh, the the that you sent me the, the, yeah, the snapshot of Peter with the shotgun and Meg behind him, and Meg was NATO and was like, 
put the cutaway Poland. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, and then, like, <laughs> Peter, Peter was Poland and the, yeah. the other shot, he's just like, I just want to have, I just want to go talk to Russia. Yeah. I'm just going to go talk to Russia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think... We don't want an escalation. That's so, what we don't want. So, pro, so progressives, progressives on the left, on the far left, sit there and talk about how NATO doesn't need to, doesn't need to exist. And the far left and the far right are in the same camp with funding Ukraine and this war in Ukraine. Um, for two different reasons. Both, both, both camps are, are, is exactly why we started this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Because so we don't, we don't agree with the wings. So, so you have, so you have progressive, you have pro- progressive Democrats, uh, or we'll just call them progressives that are like, NATO has no function and we're warmongering and it keeps American imperialism in place. We and created this conflict. We, yeah, we started this conflict. It wasn't Pootie Poot's fault. He's just a sweet little feller. And Russia's so misunderstood by American uh, spin. You have- They uh, cut themselves so they can you have You have the far right who's like, oh, we love Pootie and we'd love America to be like Pootie. So we need to deal with the Nazis and buy all the propaganda that, you know, that, that Putin spits. It all ends up in the same place. Let me, I'm going to give my, my perspective here before we wrap this bad boy up. Um, I think Ukraine and why it's so important is actually a global conflict. And this is why, because we are, this is, this is our world war two, our generation's world war two experiment with fascism across the globe moment. Appeasement doesn't work. It didn't work in world war one. It didn't work in world war two. And it's not going to work here. There is very real evil in the world. Putin is one of those people. He has the authoritarian control over an entire state with a lot of military resources. We are doing, we are fighting this war against totalitarianism and authoritarianism, China, Russia, um, as they attempt to, you know, kind of wipe away the world order that had been controlled or has been since World War II by Western liberal democracies. Um, they felt like they had the one number one and number two army in the world, and that meant and the West was crumbling and fracturing and breaking and weak, and so it was their time to step up and move over. And we and I stick by, I know James does too, uh, that Ukraine was a test run for those two countries to see if China was next on the platter, depending on how the West would re- would respond. And I believe that is still the case. Um, we have to see this thing through. One. The way that we're fighting this war in terms of our support and the money and the weapons that we are giving to Ukraine is the most cost-effective way that this that any global conflict to this scale that has come to a head. Uh, and you look at any scenarios from like the 90s through the early 2000s, they said World War III with Russia would start in what country? Ukraine. They fucking made video games and Call of Duty about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've brought that up before. Mm-hmm. This is this is everybody knew this is where this would this would this would start depending on how it played out and who got involved. Mm-hmm. The assumption through all those models was that the US would not get involved when the invasion of Ukraine happened and that would open the door to Eastern Europe for the for the Russians or the Soviets at the time depending on what era you move through. Um this is the most cost of effective way that this global conflict is going to be fought and this is the place to fight it before it becomes an actual global conflict. So when I say it's a global conflict, I mean everybody is involved. It's a cold war. Yeah, everybody's involved through back channels and money and 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 but their troops aren't on the ground. The battle is only being fought here with actual bloodshed and Yeah, violence. you don't see the Chinese making a run right. for the Saudi Arabian oil fields, right. you know, so, like you did in World right. War II. So, what 
what you what what I'm saying is is no American soldiers are on the ground dying there outside of volunteers that feel like they want to go fight for freedom because they're not going to stand idly by at home. So that's unaffiliated, right? The American military is not present on the ground as a fighting combat force. We are fighting we are fighting this war but through intelligence, through consultation, through tactical consultation, through international through coalition, international coalition yeah. through NATO and some other countries. That's right and true international and, coalition. And we are also using diplomacy with potential enemies, China, or allies within an economic alliance like India with Russia and China to dissuade them from getting further involved in this, that they're that we're willing to cause economic harm to ourselves and everybody else if they want to step into this fight. And it's been done in a way that has kept those those countries on the sideline and has been very, very effective. I can't imagine us being in a situation more effective than the one that we're in now. Yeah, it, I mean, NATO's been built for yeah, this. Yeah, if you, if you were to pull that funding or back off of it or get a regime here in this country that would then support Russia... Or, or not, or just, or just not support Or, or just not support... Yeah, I'll take, I'll take that neutral yeah. position. Just take a step back. If... Uh, let me let me change that focus. Regardless of that, I'm going to make this statement. If this war does not end with Ukraine in charge in control of Crimea and the Donbass and everything that existed from the 1991 borders, it would be a failure. Then it's a failure, because why? And why does that need to happen? Why do I agree that no negotiation can happen until full? Because because the East and it's a, those two authoritarian states need to understand that not only is the West willing to stand up, but we will take everything back that you took. We didn't leave any part of Europe to Nazi Germany. Yeah, we didn't, I, leave, I any, we didn't leave any part of it because to leave Hitler in power and say, oh, well, you're back in Germany, so go ahead and stay. Yeah. Would have been... But will you get to keep this part of Poland? Yeah, or you can have this yeah. part of Poland or, you know, it's not worth dying. And di you can keep Austria. Yeah, Austria is not Austria, worth dying. Yeah, they you went know? with you. It's yeah. not worth dying for. Yeah. And you know what? Who uses actually this part of the backside of the Alps in Northern Italy? That's fine. Yeah. You know, like... I don't even know what I didn't even know what Liechtenstein and Luxembourg were, so you can have that too. Um, you know, that's not how this works. And if Ukraine falls or it's invaded and they get to keep any part of this with the cessation of this conflict, then Taiwan will be next at some point. Yeah. With an, they with know that we're not real. We're not with, gonna go yeah, all the way with it. Uh, well, all we need to do is get a foothold on this island. Even mm -hmm. if we only capture half of it and the US invest, then we then we've got we'll half, to keep half and we can wait. We can wait. We can wait another 50 years, then we'll take the rest of it. Yeah. So you you cannot do this when you are facing real threats and there are countries that are actual real threats and you can sit there, you can't progressive this. You can't Noam Chomsky your way out of this one and be like, oh, but but this happened because well, of this. The, and, if you look at the international the construct, here. it was really our bad. I'll just, I, I, I'm going to finish my thoughts up with this. Yeah. Um, First and foremost, it would be a waste of our investment oh, yeah. at, up to this point yeah. if we if we stop now if we stop now and we allow them to keep like Crimea because Crimea is really like, so much the jewel yeah. uh, you know what I mean it's there's so much so much you know economic Russia doesn't give a fuck there. Russia doesn't give a fuck about the Donbass they give a fuck about Crimea the Donbass yes. is the it's land just, bridge it's just holding yeah, it to it's Russia. just holding it yeah. to connect it to, to Russia exactly as for General Miley and I think this is what we're gonna find out and. In 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 relatively relatively a hurry, seen as pretty much the entire world's suffering from a cold front right now, yeah, <laughs> those polar blasts and shit, um, is that winter is getting pretty harsh, yeah, right, and Eastern Europe and all of Western Europe have you know pretty harsh winters. When right. when they're harsh, they're harsh, you know, um, and um, yeah, you got to look at you know look at the UK, right? I right. mean, this is something that's on their mind a lot, you know, the economic hardship. 
of energy costs. Right. Um, you're seeing articles being ran here in parts of the, you know, the eastern part of our country of people not running their heat, you know, because they can't afford the influx of, you know, the energy cost. Uh, Miley might be looking at that, that this support of Ukraine, you know, and not seeing an end in sight or at least an, an end date, you know, there's, there's no way you can tell when this is going to land, right? Mm-hmm. You, you might be able to tell right now how it's going to land in terms of who it's going to favor, but you don't know when it's going to happen. And you don't know how much the Russians are going to escalate it. So there's a lot of unknowns and we're looking at a lot of economic uncertainty in the West, in the energy sector because of this. Right. So I get what Miley's saying. It could undercut our support. I mean, we go through a bad winter here and people are spending, you know, 20, 30 times more than what they did the previous years in energy costs. Right. Yeah. I mean, you might, you might see this become, um, in 2024, if it's not concluded in any way, you might see this become a platform in which people run on. Like we can't afford to keep doing this. We're hurting ourselves. Right. So this is, I would just, I would just urge anybody like, you know, who's going through the bad times, like, you know, it sucks. You know, it's really difficult to sit there and say, I can't heat my house for my wife and my kids. Or, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a working guy and say, well, we're doing it for Ukraine because it's the abstract, right? right? It's not right in your face. The Russians aren't at our door. This isn't Red Dawn, right? This is like, this is something that's happening, you know, miles and miles away. It doesn't feel like it affects us. But if I would just urge anyone who wants to bring it to a conclusion because of the economic factors going on in the West and how Russia is using the energy sector as weaponizing the energy sector. Right. I think that right there shows you why we have to bring this to a conclusion because if we don't stop him here, right. then he will always use the energy energy sector as a weapon. And, you know, we're going through this huge transition. I'm, you're seeing articles upon articles about how this is ushering in a lot of these countries bringing in their green sort of energy. Yeah. You know, like, fuck, we can't rely on Russia to supply us. And, a, sh- shit. and a shit ton of American natural gas. True, yes. And so, know, and, and so. which we're glutton on, yeah. you know? So <laughs> it's a it's a moneymaker for us. It sucks for our folks having to, to spend more money on energy. I, right. I, I'm not going to gloss that over. Right. That fucking blows. That sucks. That sucks for, I mean, high inflation everywhere. Plus, you know, it's fucking winter and I can't turn on my heater. That fucking sucks. Yeah, switch, over, switch over to more green energy as well, too. And to, Well, yeah, to but do a lot of people things. don't have that option. You know no, no, I, mean? no, I know, because yeah. their states refuse yes. to invest in it. So, so all I'm trying to say is, like, yeah. um, I understand that there's a, there's a huge context that Miley, who, who I think is a very intelligent human being. Oh, yes. He's looking at the entirety of this. We're looking at it by, you know, sectors. And obviously, we don't have the information that he has in front of him. But I would just say that, like, I respect his position because there's got to be some guy in the room who has the uh, military, uh, you know, all the medals and all the badges and stuff like that. And uh, who has to be in the room saying, hey, man, maybe maybe now's the time to to really try to bring this to a conclusion. I respect it. You can't. We. I don't want everybody in the room to agree. I think no, no, we of course. Need to come, come together. No, not, neither you or I or yeah. Matt Gase. We don't think yeah. that this guy's a yokel and that we think we know more than him yeah. and can sit there and toss these things around and be made to look like a fool and in our, in be humiliated in our own hearing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So no, I, I agree. You know, he he's got inside scoop and he's also like when people with power do this, they also are trying to send messages. That wasn't really. I don't think it was really a, a the message aimed at Ukraine. I think it was more of a message aimed at Russia, actually. Like, yeah, but hey, Russia can't be a real. I mean, seriously, you you told me this, and I was gobsmacked when you said this, and I actually looked it up. Not that I didn't believe you, yeah, but I was like, 
they can't really, this can't really be their position, which is, uh, we'll start negotiating if you respect the, you know, the, the, the boundaries of February 24th. And it's like, wait, wait a minute, dude, like this is blood's been spilt over this territory. <laughs> yeah. No one's just going to concede that. Like, yeah. okay, you can have everything back that we just took. So let's now start talking. It's like, who in their right mind would do that? You're, you're not a serious actor right. in terms of negotiation. I just want to throw one more thing out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Stewart, um, podcast, um, yeah. you can get, you can go to YouTube, look it up. YouTube does have value guy. Um, there is a, there's a wonderful segment that he did. I think this week, um, where he did a 47 minute show with secretary. What is that? <laughs> 47 minutes. 47 minute show. How did he, how did he well, pull that off? He had, he had, he had Hillary Clinton and Condoleezza Rice on. Wow. And it was like uh, somewhat of a round table where mm. he's he's a progressive, right? So he's asking some of these progressive questions to right. these guys and to these, these 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 I mean, I don't care what you think of Condoleezza Rice, she's a brilliant woman. Yeah, yeah. You know, she just is. Yeah. And there I mean it was a, it was a it was a breath of fresh air because they weren't like cage match fighting, they weren't just throwing right. blows. These were two women who served as Secretary of State that know their shit yeah right and it was a it was like an, i was like oh my gosh this is like an adult conversation like yeah. i'm like this is awesome right and they're talking a lot about the things that we're talking about in the segment obviously with a lot more class and intelligence because <laughs> we're just like yeah you know i suppose we support ukraine but all i'm saying is um check it out because um if you are from a progressive standpoint you're gonna like some of the questions john stewart throws at, at both of them but you're certainly not going to like the answers because they, although they, they validate those questions and they say they're very important questions to ask, like, did we really cause this? I mean, should we be more humble as a, as a superpower? They're like, Hey guy, you know, you need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, you're, you're going to have a progressive asking a center left and a center right person, both who yeah. are highly intelligent. Yeah. You know, their perspective. Wonderful and, interview. And, and, and two women who know exactly what was going on yeah. behind. The and scenes. they disagree sometimes. I mean, but they I'm disagree sure. with such respect and you can tell there's probably, there's a lot of respect between them because it's even though they don't they're not like on the same like team politically yeah they at least understood that like the one really eye opener is how much money the state department gets for diplomacy versus what we put into the sounds military like it, it sounds like it was a 47 minute round table where john stewart was talking to the moderate majority well, no, they're not moderates. They're not moderates. They're 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 total wing nuts, bro. But no, I mean these are people who ran the State Department when we yeah. actually had a State Department. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so exactly. But I'm just saying, if you are you're really interested in this and understand, and you want to understand the the more philosophical sort of uh, methods in which we employ for us to go out into the world and and make decisions like you know supporting Ukraine, supporting NATO. I mean, there's even a moment where Hillary Clinton's like, you know, there was talk that NATO wasn't even relevant anymore. And she goes, I think that's completely out the window now. No one, no one seriously is talking about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that Jon Stewart needs a shout out from us, but I'm just saying it's, yeah. it's a wonderful interview. And um, I, I urge anybody to check it out because I think it's really a highlight. Jon Stewart, James and Zach, moderate majority. Get back to us if you ever hear this. <laughs> you will never hear yeah, this, yeah, Jon yeah, Stewart. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a big fan, yeah, even though yeah. I don't agree. Bring with us anything. on or come yeah. on ours or like something. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. No, not at all. Don't, please. Yeah. I'm, I would... We are not selling out right now, I promise. Yeah. No, we've sold out a long we, time. Yeah, uh, to ourselves. We've sold out for, we the, sold, 50, we, we, for the 50 cents that we've made on yeah. the show. And, uh, excuse me, it's almost $8. Holy it's shit. It's almost $8 right now. Holy shit. Yeah. By the way, I'd be remiss at this point because I don't want to throw it later. We are we are within a stone's throw of 1,000 plays, which is pretty incredible without any social media and not responding to any of the negative criticism. What do you mean? We're not on Twitter? On. No. Shit. <laughs> Elon. I thought we were suspended yeah. and now we're back on. No, no, wait. I think our I think our show was supposed to go out and take that poll about Trump. <laughs> oh uh, anyway, shit! Yeah, 
Sorry, I think we got blocked by the other bots that were in line before yeah, us on that right. poll. Yeah. All right, we will come back from our break, and then we are going to talk about kind of five main points of kind of the midterm roundup and where we where this leads us going forward. We'll catch you guys soon. everybody welcome back to the moderate majority season two episode six the midterm 22 roundup what it means going forward all right so uh we're gonna get into a you know kind of a broad discussion here jimmy about kind of what the what the autopsy kind of said i think we should say at this point that um as we record this episode the the gop did actually it will control the house they currently have 218 and the Democrats have 212. Looks like uh, the Democrats are going to get the seat in Alaska. Uh, Pelotola has like almost 49% of the vote with the votes between Palin, Begich, and there was a libertarian candidate. Um, she would need to have the combination of these things happen. Either pick up only 6% of those total votes in second choice or have only 6% of the people who voted for those three candidates not have a second choice meaning that the vote would evaporate altogether mm-hmm. uh, once they were out of it, or a combination of those th- of those two. Uh, get get 6% in total of the remaining votes, either to go to her or to get just left and evaporate, uh, which is, um, if we saw the primary results, probably more than likely going to happen for her. So um, that's what everybody's anticipating. There's a couple close races. California 22, one of the ones that we highlighted, about a 4,500-vote difference. Um Valadeo, the Republican, is up by five points there in California 3. Um, it's a four-point race. California 13, uh, which is uh, the Stanislaus area. This this was supposed to be a, a, a pickup that had been moved more towards Democrats. And the Republican is up there by 0.69% of the vote with an 865-vote difference. And then Colorado 3, Lauren Boebert's. Uh, we should say that Frisch, the Democrat, has conceded to her, and she has claimed victory. However... Um, the vote difference is 554 and there will go into an automatic recount, um, in Colorado because that's the state law if it's under half of a percent of, of, mm-hmm. so, and it's it, that vote differential is at 0.17. Um, we should note Frisch has already filed the paperwork to run again in 2024, which I think is smart because I just don't think Lauren Bober is smart enough to not stop running her mouth and being a Marjorie Taylor Greene of the West. And... Uh, clearly, I, Frisch picked up in every single sector when, you know, the whole Blue Arrow thing, kind of like John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, every area, including rural areas, had massive Blue Arrows. I mean, this is a yeah, nine I point. That was an ideological shift. That was a dislike. Yeah, it was a nine shift. point. Yeah, it was a nine point Republican shift. And I want to say this. Um, so it looks like the Republicans are going to control the House 222 to 213, which is a flip of exactly what it was for Democrats. So in this red wave that was supposed to happen, 30 to 40 plus votes. Um, or seats in the House, the, Dem- the Republicans are probably going to end up with nine. A nine-seat pickup. That gives them a four-vote margin uh, to run. Um, we're going to come back to that. But I want to say this. Um, that was with Democrats not turning out in this midterm. They We talked about this last week. They were the smallest 
uh, ideological party identifier, and they made up only 27% of the electorate in this midterm, mm -hmm. which is way underperforming where Repub our Democrats are usually the biggest group that go out to vote. Um, and then independents and Republicans, uh, it was independents made up 40%, I believe Republicans were like 36. And then I think that uh, the Democrats were like 27, or it may have been 33, 27. I, but uh, Democrats were definitely 27. I think that this win for them fell in large part to Democrats not turning out in our home state, James, California, yeah. and where, where our candidates all underperformed. And then New York. Not and New York. Um, well, and Democrats not coming out in New York. And my point here, No, I agree. I my, agree. Here, my point here is this. When you have a solid blue state like New York and, and California, and people don't, and people don't think in a midterm that they need to come out because it's always an overwhelming thing, this can make a difference in districts where it matters. Yeah. And it did. There's about eight to ten seats that the Republicans will have in this after this midterm that I do not think they will control in 2024. Um, well, that's which, if we don't get out the vote again. Well, yeah. but t presidential, that's what I'm saying. Democrats always come out in presidential elections, whether they win the popular vote or not. They just, they do. That's been, that's been the trend yeah. since 2004. Yeah. I think, I think um, sometimes having a, a super majority in a state does offer some complacency for right. people to be like, I can skip this one. I feel pretty confident that, you know, California is going to come in so, blue. So the reason we point this out is we wanted to kind of give the update on where, where the house sits. Um, the numbers. The numbers, but also vote. Just vote. You know, yeah. again, like, like Jimmy said, you know, right before our episode, right before, just go vote. Just go vote. Okay. So, um. We are going to have our own discussion, but we're going to take the format off of a nice article that was put out by uh, Domencino Montanaro. I just butchered your name. Sorry, D. Uh, writer for NPR. Um, I'm going to say again, James, that mm -hmm. NPR stands for National Public Radio. Uh, National Communist Radio. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's kind of where I was going with this. Public is communist. If, we know if, this. if you if you listen to our if you listen to our episode <clears throat> in season one where we broke down media bias, mm -hmm. um, you will know exactly where NPR sits, which is right smack dab in the middle and right. highly factual. Mm -hmm. So if you if we just quote that, and you're like, ah, oh, here they are with their fucking commie socialist uh, sources. Again, you are not moderate, and you have no idea what moderate looks like. <laughs> so, um, and I don't have any problem saying that because we have the data in front of us. So. Um, again, and you'll, you'll be able to tell because this article doesn't come out in favor of anybody. It just literally talks about the, he talked about the five lessons from the 22 midterms. We're going to highlight these and then kind of give our own spiel on what we think. Cause right. This episode is called, what does it mean going forward? Um, and then James, I think at the end we should have just a quick little, what do we think is going to come out of all this with the, with the part, with the powers that be, but number one, a uh, focal point here. Uh, is Donald Trump is now more vulnerable to a primary challenge, right? So, and, and let me just say, what, what this article mentioned was that although inflation was the top issue for voters and Republicans were trusted more on it, yet independents swung towards Democrats defying midterm history. Um, and so the natural question was, well, what happened? And like we talked about, he mentions Trump back candidates lost up and down the ballot overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you have the, you have the Republicans, uh, the Republican Party in this finger pointing, and we see this beginning of this civil war, right? Um, Kevin McCarthy staved off a nomination for House Speaker from about 31 of the Freedom Caucus, which are like ultra MAGA, like kind of fascist 
type candidates and political viewpoints. Um, Scott, Rick Scott, who strange to me that he would run for a minority leader because he was in charge of the Senate campaign that blew it for Republicans and is under investigation for money that just disappeared. Millions of dollars that disappeared that they don't have track of, but he took, he took a shot at Mitch McConnell and only, only garnered 10 votes. Came up short. Came up real short. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think so it was, then, it was this an is interesting not, way to try to blame Mitch McConnell for something that he was already critical of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that Rick Scott was like, "No, these yeah. are great candidates." I'm not, a, I'm not a Mitch McConnell fan by any means uh, because of the obstructionist sort of ideology that he is with the the, brought, the, brought the Supreme Court he's given us. Yeah, yeah. the Supreme Court. That he, but I will say that, yeah, I mean, the only person that was more critical of the uh, the slate of candidates <laughs> than the American people was, was Mitch McConnell. McConnell. And 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 to be fair. To be fair, in looking at it from a balanced perspective, Mitch McConnell, as leader of the Republicans in the Senate, historically and over these past two years, has allowed his caucus to negotiate bipartisan bills with Democrats, as opposed to uh, McCarthy in the House, who is constantly, regardless of whether it's good for the people or not, is like ginning up full, like, we will come after you. And we will not back you like what they what they did with Liz Cheney. If there's any dissent or you try to wholesale do anything to help the, well, like, I think somebody's issued that threat to McCarthy. Oh yeah, he, he, yeah, he's getting that back himself. <laughs> but, but let's talk about that real quick. Like as a whole, where does the GOP go from here, James? In your opinion? Wow, that's a tough one um, because the MAGA and folk... with Don, and with Donald Trump. Yeah, but, okay. but, but, but all levels. Yeah, well, let's look at all levels. Uh, here. So I so I would say, let's let's be honest. I think what the one thing that. The one big loser out of this midterm were was MAGA, right? right? And yes. and MAGA is led. It by got Don- kicked. It got kicked, and it's no no. Got, yeah, right. It uh, it's led by Donald Trump and his acolytes, um, and some of them won in safe districts, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is becoming you know very much a vocal person. Like she was on the news this week talking about investigations, and that's what we're going to do. Right. Um, Even though she got fifteen point, she won by fifteen points less than she did. Last term, true. They they won, but almost all MAGA received less percentage of the vote than they did yeah, the first. Time, I think even I, in safe red areas. Yeah, I think um, MAGA took a big hit. Yeah. Um, now, what that means going forward is going to be it's going to determine. Well, yes, I agree with what this article is saying that yes, Donald Trump is more ripe for a primary fight than than he was before going into this. Um, it also shows you that there is a there is a solid, I guess, institutional GOP. What I mean by that is like people actually do respect the institutions of government right. that don't want this fight anymore. They don't right. want to fight the the fact that the FBI is somehow the enemy, that yeah. the Capitol Police are thing, pe- things that you should beat up. Like Scott you know? Jennings, he wants to go back to a party that has ideas. Right. And um, and I think you're seeing the maybe the burge- the beginning of that. And I and, But here's the problem is they don't just have to mire them, themselves through the MAGA folk. They have to mire themselves with the Freedom Caucus. You know, these are the hangovers from the from the you know two thousand and eight recession. You know, the Tea Party people. Right. Um, they've gone deeply into the abyss, into the into the into the tall grass, if you will. Um, so they're gonna have a long march back to. I'm not saying the middle because I'm not sure if the GOP can ever return to the middle, but they can certainly return to. 
um, an idea party where they have some middle you know ground ideas that could could gain some traction right with um with a with a large swath of the public. yeah i I, th- I think so if we're if we're on the kind of sticking to the trump aspect of this because the second point they bring up will goes to the legislative side and kevin mccarthy but and i you know that that that's element, a whole that, story, el- that yeah. element right there but i i think trump I think Trump, in terms of having his own chance of success outside... So we should also mention, too, that since our last episode, uh, special counsel has been uh, ordered by the DOJ. Which Merrick means that most likely charges are coming. They're going to be investigating and looking if charges can be brought to Donald Trump on a slew of issues. They have uh, picked a young uh, prosecutor and someone that literally most recently a worked for the, yeah, for war crimes at the, at the Hague in, um, uh, in, in Belgium. Or, no, sorry, the Netherlands. So... Um, this is a very serious professional, uh, special counsel that's going to be leading this. Um, it takes, I, I don't think he's going to be swayed one way or the no, other by, ta- by publicity. Yeah, I no. think that if you're, if you're investigating more crimes, I mean, you're investigating yeah, some if pretty the, bad If the international court hired you yeah, and you, you know work your for them shit. and you know your shit yeah. and that's exactly what they want. Um, okay. So that's coming down the pipe, but we're going to, we're going to slide that out of the way. If I'm just looking politically at Trump, I think coming out and announcing what he did for his own sake is really intelligent and this is why um there's 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 split is coming but here's the problem for the gop and the problem they've had from the get-go the major donors want out corporate america that usually supports republican positions wants out and the establishment and party politic that wants to start winning again they want out as well too right but the problem is is none of them control the vote in the primary the problem for them is that Donald Trump is seen as a cult, like almost, I would say, like religious figure. I haven't seen anybody who's been treated like that outside of like a religious aspect. Mm-hmm. And he is going to now have DeSantis. Let's throw that name in the ring. DeSantis is going to be, you know, like a guy he formerly propped up to winning, actually. He got, had him come from obscurity in a primary to win and then barely won uh, the governor's race the first time around. DeSantis has now become this acolyte that now wants, you know, sees himself as his own rising, shining star. Um, and to, to the point of MAGA, should Trump be replaced by DeSantis, MAGA is still in power because DeSantis is MAGA. He's, he's just, MAGA 2.0. He's just MAGA 2.0 that is a savvier, a little bit smarter, but still... I mean, pulls, he's running advertisements on the trans issue thing. Yeah. You know, I uh, mean... Talking about woke corporations yeah. and wokeness and... Flying, flying um, migrants, people who are, migrants mm-hmm. who are waiting to, you know, illegally, mind you, yeah, to uh, to blue states or blue cities, thinking this is going to, you know, garnish in points, which just on the human being level is just completely shitty. But um, so it would take somebody like a Mike Pence or a Chris Christie or you know, like a, a that the, those yeah, yeah those people would have to win the nomination for you to know that the Republicans re- return to establishment moderate Republicanism. DeSantis beating Trump is just MAGA 2.0 versus MAGA 1.0. But I I just want to say this. I don't think that if you give Donald Trump a year jump for all the rallies and the money and the grifting that it's going to be happening that comes with that to raise all those funds, to go out there to have these people all excited, that he still controls the majority of the base. It may not be as big. He only may be winning. His people may be only winning these elections amongst Republicans and primaries 52 to 48 or 53 to 47 or 54 to 46. So it's not the slaughter that it was before, but it's still enough of them that they win primaries. And that was the problem for the Republicans yeah, in this midterm. I, I think I think 
I think in battleground we, states. I think we need to look at DeSantis uh, from an objective point of view that he's not going to be certainly the savior of the Republican Party. Um, he's going to be whether or not he can he can invent himself as the MAGA light candidate. Like um, we're going to find out. But he, what we what he's signaling now with all these like like the transgender commercials that he's running and ads that he's running is that. You know, he's he's firmly in this. I mean, if you're DeSantis, you're not looking at the numbers. And this is what I don't understand about the pundits. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here. You know, you have made Florida, in, re, you know, into your image. You know, you've remade it. You right. know, you, you win last cycle, you won by 0. 0.8, 0.8 percentage points. And now you win it by like almost 20 points, right? Yeah. So obviously you have made up like serious ground in Florida. The, the thing about it is the numbers you should be looking at, in and I'm sure he's putting people out there um, probably right now, um, to see, like, where he sits, like, you know, in the other 49 states. Right. Right? Because that's the most important uh, numbers. That, these are the most important numbers you should be looking at. Right? If, yeah, you can win Florida by 20 points. That's great, bud. That's awesome for you. But how are you going to fare in Maryland? How are you going to fare in, yeah. you know, in Oregon? These are places that you have to compete in. Well, we know we know we know where that brand, which is his brand, right. how it fared. Yeah, not well, not well. So DeSantis, I mean, although he doesn't look like he's doing this, he could certainly like give Donald Trump the head start. He could certainly like go back into his man cave and go, "All right, dude, I I need to run left of Donald Trump. Like I need to bring MAGA into a more." And you can't do this, obviously. Not, but in, not, in, a, not, not in a primary. Not, not, not in a primary. Or not even not even in an election cycle. You can't do this. This is this is. This is behind this guy thinking he needs to bring MAGA along with him. Like, hey, listen, Trump's MAGA is gone. It's over. It can't sustain. But this is we're going to remake it into my image. And because Donald Trump has that that cult like following, they're not going to follow a guy like DeSantis. The only hope for the Republican Party, and I agree with you on this. Uh, I don't know if you saw Pence's uh, yeah, town right, hall. Right, I saw the highlights. Uh, that guy's not ready for anything. No. Right. I mean, that. Talk, talk about talk about boring and inaccurate information. Well, just looking like delivery. he was almost dead. You know, like yeah. January sixth insurrectionists actually did you know succeed in hurting him. Um, and I don't mean to say that lightly and right. make a joke out of it, but it's just he just didn't seem like a guy who was like well polished into this thing, um, which was odd because he actually had a pretty decent showing in the debates. You know, when it was right. just him sitting at a table. But he's not a guy who's going to think on his feet. He's looking. I mean. The, Pence's town hall to me was is exactly where the Republican Party is. They don't know what to say right. because they can't piss off the MAGA base, and they can't expand their base because they're they're tied to the MAGA and the MAGA you know uh, the MAGA message is something that is just completely you know so far to the right that most people can't follow it, including independence, which you need to win. I think their best hope is Chris Christie gaining some traction. But I don't. I don't know how he does that. Uh, it's not. They're just not. Yeah, they're, I don't not, know how they're he... not. They're not ready for him yet. I mean, here's the thing: we know that a big reason that Trump was able to do some of the things he does, and they made the gains they did in a lot of the states, especially in the rural areas, is the conspiracy theories. The people that are anti-government that never participated in the process. He brought those people out to vote, and not only brought them out to vote, but made them fervent repeat voters since they came out in 2016. Yeah, he made a call. When he goes. When he goes or he gets beat and he's out, those people will go back to where they started from, which is underneath the rocks and the places that they came not from unless, and back in the yeah, basements he, and the sheds and the barns. he annoyed somebody, which he can't do. Which he can't do because you're just not that person, right? Like and you cults typically don't outlast their... their no, their, they don't. They, their, they their, never yeah, do. Yeah. They never do. Yeah. Uh, so, very few of them do and they do it like in such low numbers that, you know, look at the Tea Party. 
Yeah. Right? The Tea Party was this... I mean, the Koch brothers spent a lot of money organizing that thing. Billions of dollars. They have, you know, how many think tanks? Like, Alec is one of their big think tanks. And I think now they're, like, down to a handful of congressmen in, in, okay. in the Freedom Congress. So, can we, that's where can, can we Can we make a point real quick here? Because I'm just picturing somebody listening to this. If you were somebody who voted for Trump... But then you didn't, or whatever, you moved on from it the first time. You're like, yeah, it sounds like an, an, an okay idea. We are not saying because you voted for him that you're in a cult. You know who we're talking about. We're talking about the people who can't go anywhere without driving with flags with his name and face on it everywhere, or flying the, the 30 by 30 foot flag over their house, or still talking has t shirts, or still talking about the 2020 election, or are following him around the country and go to every rally and wasting money and don't seem to work. Which is a Grateful Dead concert. Yeah, we're like, that he can, that whatever happens, it's all a lie, and he's the only one who can fix it, and the media that's out to get him. That's who we're talking about. We're talking about people that like have not been able to be moved, you know, moved at all. Yeah, I mean, if you voted for Donald Trump for the first time, or for the first time, and you now in this cycle have switched your position because you flirted with an outsider. Maybe hey, even the second time, maybe you voted for him in twenty twenty, and then the January sixth happened. You were like, "Whoa, I'm hold walking on a away." Second. Like whatever, yeah. whatever caused you to walk away, like that shows that there is some maturity, and you know political maturity in you that you you're able to say there hey, was there a was nuance? There, you know, nuance there was a line that was crossed and i can't go on i can't i can't go past that particular line you have all the political cover you have all the you know every reason to switch switch up that's great for you you know what i mean what we're talking about is the diehard base that it doesn't seem to be going away um that the republican party the, the republican establishment helped create by just staying silent because they wanted to win an election right um and let's be honest I don't think that the Republican establishment thought Donald Trump was going to win, as most of us didn't think that was going to win. Just like in the UK, most people don't come out to vote for Brexit because there's no way we're doing this, right? Thank you, progressives, um, for staying home. And so, green. yeah, so, you know, you look at, there's a lot of reasons why why Donald Trump wins that election, which we don't need to relitigate. The first season was pretty much us trying to understand, like, some of that. Yeah. But where they go from here, I mean, I agree with you. Donald Trump is certainly the the front runner. Um and we, I think we all understand getting out in front of this and actually declaring his candidacy, candidacy early, part and partial was because of these investigations. Because now you can, you can frame these investigations as being a political like assassination. Well, the, the only, the only thing, the only thing that could screw him that I can see, you know, because even unless oh, I think he's screwed either way. Well, no, no, I know, but I'm saying the only thing that could really screw him from having this pathway to the nomination is that outside of these charges. Because you can go to jail, and unless specifically it says you can't run, you can run from jail. And I believe that that would just motivate his base even more, sadly. Yeah. But Maybe the, only thing, the only thing that could actually stop him, which not something people have talked about, I don't want to get too much into it because we got to go over these other four points, but is there is real talk that if he does become the nominee, that they will bring up legal charges of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, that he led an insurrection, that, that there's that language in there that basically bans people yeah. from being able to you hold political office. office. Yeah. And they said with all the, all the like, they, there's a very real possibility, a high, high probability that a judge would rule in favor of that. In favor of that. I don't, I gotta be honest, Zach, I mean, this is where I'll put my, my period at the end of the sentence is I, I think if we were going to get Trump, we would have got him a long time ago. So I'm, I don't have a lot of faith that we're going to get him at all. But well, I, I mean, I'm saying we're going to get him is Americans who yeah. live in the constitution and institutionalists. You mean American law? Yes. American law is going to get I, I think, yet. I think we've, I think we've just allowed it to fester so long that it becomes now a, you know, a, a parlor debate. Versus I mean, the, the man is, about. the man is an outright criminal who, who 
committed grave crimes against. Well, I think that, that I think that's the reason why there are there allow that allows for progressives and even people on the far right to actually mar- marry their ideology that there is some corruptibility into our system. If you have enough money and you can drown the legal system in paperwork and just you know these 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 arguments the legal system legal legal system and judges are starting to catch up to that you see a lot of things being fast i haven't seen it with donald trump okay so uh number two point they make is that the next republican leader whoever that may be will have a hard time legislating uh yeah (laughs) points out that kevin mccarthy wants to be the speaker majority of his conference voted for him we talked about that outside i think 31 votes but he's got a lot of work to do to get to 218. So if you don't understand this about American politics, he won the nominee, but that doesn't make him the speaker just because his party controls. It actually has to go to a full house vote and you have to have 218 votes in favor, which is what gives small groups like the 31 people power. Now, even if he can fracture off two thirds of that 31, he can, he, he, yeah, if he has five people that decide a no vote, the whole Democratic caucus goes against that. He loses, and there he is not speaker, which means they have to put forward somebody else. A broker, a broker. Which is why I think his name is Don Bacon. Don't don't quote me on that, but I believe last name is Bacon, re- moderate Republican from Nebraska, I believe the Omaha area, came out and said, if this goes sideways, he's willing to work with Democrats on finding a moderate speaker of the House so that the country can move forward, which would be a really interesting development. Yeah, um, that would be, and also a huge embarrassment for the Republicans. Oh, it would be because because in that situation, only Don and uh, only Don and five other people, four other Republicans, would have to agree with him on that on a moderate caucus and flip sides, and then you could actually have Republicans by numbers in control of the House, but a Democratic Speaker, somebody like Jared Golden or somebody somebody moderate. who's moderate. Yeah. Um, uh, I, this is the problem with MAGA, right? MAGA right. is this unbending, uncompromising or, position. Or Bacon himself. Somebody, yeah. Uh, yeah, modern, one like of that. the moderate, five moderate this Republicans. Is the, this is the problem with MAGA, right? MAGA is, and this is this is what this is what makes Zach and I not sound moderate during the election cycle because MAGA is this, this unbending, uncompromising, uh, and I dare even say it, it can't even be considered a philosophy. It's just almost like an emotional reaction now. That whatever Donald Trump says has got to be true or, you know, everyone's out to get, you know, MAGA folk, right? Well, there's a reason why everybody's out to get you. It's because you're doing something wrong. You're, you're anti-institutions. This institution has been put in place in order to protect not only civil liberties, not only, the, you, know, uh, you know, minority rights, but also to protect the idea of majority rule. And the, the problem with the MAGA folk is they don't adhere to any institutional sort of norms. And so this is something they live for dysfunction. They're like the internet trolls that are they're actually the only, in, in the, real yeah, life. The, the, so I can see them not being able to broker a deal. I I think Kevin McCarthy probably gets it done, but he's gonna have to promise the he's gonna have to promise everything, the which, farm which, and everything. Which, which means he would have the shortest tenure. I mean, uh, you know, he'll last days because one of the stipulations that we've been reading about is if he does something that they can have, they can they call, can, no, they confidence can call vote, no confidence vote and get him out. out. So he could literally go for six months or even just six weeks. Until he has to do the hard truth of saying, hey, guy, because how many times did you see Nancy Pelosi dif- differ with AOC right. and the squad, uh, the their time. progressive caucus? They, they did it all the time, but they came together and they talked it out. But I would dare say that Pelosi had more political wherewithal. And this is not because, you know, we'll talk about that at know, the end. She was a, she was actually a, a leader of a congressional leader that was yeah. able to build consensus. So, um Outside of the speaker, the majority in the speakership here, just in terms of legislating in general, one of the other problems is, is 13 of those 31 vote no on everything. 
burn burn pit uh, restitution and no. care for military veterans. No. Hey, happy uh, Veterans Day, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, giving money to the federal government for, you know, these disasters that happen. No. Um, this is my know, state. VA, no. Like, they have voted no on everything. And that goes back to that MAGA, that, that Freedom Caucus thing is they don't actually believe in the federal government. The federal government to them is bad. So the only time they vote yes is if it's dismantling something or taking the federal government's hands off of it, and legislatively speaking. And that's not how you govern or help people out. So even if McCarthy wants to get anything done, this is where we were talking about. And if we sounded, you know, sounded how we sounded, sorry, this is what we're talking about. If you went to the polls and you voted for a Republican so they could control the House and the Senate because they're going to deal with inflation, good luck. Good luck because who's going to vote for that? Yeah. Who's going to vote for the policies that need to go in place? I heard a woman who is from Allegheny County go on TV and say, I'm voting for Republicans because they're going to cut taxes and they're going to stop government spending. And everybody knows that that's how you bring inflation down. That is inaccurate and so false and it hurts it actually you'd sit there you know some people will be like oh i bet you were laughing at that no it's not funny to me like when you see somebody who is so ignorant and i use the word ignorant because she's probably not a stupid woman she's just ignorant nobody has ever explained how any of this works to her Mm -hmm. or the shows she watches are trying to not get her to know how this works because they want her vote yeah and so they feed her in an accurate way of how this works which sets up for why you should vote for them and then she goes out and parrots it on national TV with her face and her name. And it's painful. It's painful. It's painful for me to watch. It's like when I watch a movie. Watch a movie and the, the main character is going to do something stupid that's going to make him look like a fool in front of his love interest or her, her love interest. I like almost have to get up sometimes and leave the room because I don't. I, I don't want to. Yeah, it's like, it's like I don't want to watch it. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to watch somebody embarrass yeah. themselves. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's it doesn't matter where I sit. It's yeah. It's, I can watch somebody get like a guy getting his head chainsawed off, but I can't watch that. Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. that weird? James will watch that scene, the shower scene from Scarface, over and over again. But I can't watch them do getting embarrassed in front of somebody. Yeah, It's just like I don't know. There's like that, and it's obviously there to spark an emotional response, which is why they put it on the news. Let's be right. honest, you know? So we're going to come back because like we said, we're going to have a kind of prediction of what we think is going to come out of this. Um, the Republican house, what you can expect over the next two years. And I would love to be proved wrong. And for those of you, for those of you that think that we're out to lunch, please pay attention to these episodes. Follow us all the way through to 2024 because we'll be able to look back and you'll be able to be like, Man, those guys really pissed me off with the shit that they said, but it yeah. turned out that most of the shit that they said went down exactly that way. Or, or you could be like, <laughs> I'm the, we get those, fu- those fucking, <laughs> those fucking yokels were, yeah, by Rowan. <laughs> Rowan, Rowan hands us a twenty, yeah. Yeah. and we're like, oh, this is worth twice more than the show's worth. <laughs> James, take it, and run. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Give my ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, out. yeah, yeah. James rips the other half of the twenty. I'm like, that's not how it works. Oh, yeah. Rowan's like, this yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Now I'm gonna turn it into it. Now I'm gonna turn it into a path, path to power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Path Way to power yes. podcast. Um, all right, so number three. So we'll come back to that. But number three was um, the Democrats are going to hold the Senate, and this is important for them. Uh, mentioned that they'll be able to block any legislation that it might they may deem crazy coming from the House yeah. or investigation uh, outcomes, and show a unified front with President Biden. More practically. They're still going to be able to continue to reshape the federal judiciary and bring it back from crazy, which is what Trump did to, I mean, so many unrated judges put on benches, just 
just a slap in the face of professionalism and what people like actually go to school for and, and professions within law. So the yeah, ability you, you give the Federal Society like carte blanche. Yeah, they, to be they, to be able to bring the judiciary back to some sort of balanced place with educated judges who are rated by the Judicial Review. Um, if if a vacancy comes up in the Supreme Court, they're going to be able to fill it, um, and we will and they and. That that's important, obviously, in terms of appointing a justice to the high court. And it's not, it's uh, within, not impossible. I mean, you got you got yeah. justices who are in their seventies. Yeah, the and, the Dobbs decision Dobbs yeah. decision showed that you know this year. So, well, um, the, the the news that we're getting out. Uh, this, you texted me last night about it about the Alito situation. I think is really interesting. Oh god! I mean, nothing will happen, of course. There's no there's no standards of practices, obviously, that we're going to. But but enforce. isn't isn't that isn't that isn't this isn't he just screaming the flag bearer for that whole side? It's right. Scream the scream the accusation, and blame it on somebody else, and you're the one actually doing it. Yeah. It's propaganda one on one. Yeah, um, we we're not going to go into that, guys. We'll probably come back and touch that at some. Yeah, point. Yeah, I think we should probably do a full episode on the court. Yeah, um, we will. You know, because I think it's it's interesting that we're because uh, you're hearing a lot of people on on all sides basically. I mean, this is the first time in our lifetime that this the court has really not risen above politics. Right, and in some ways are a victim of politics, but also at the same time, uh, just how close they are to being delegitimized by their own actions. Right. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there's no pathway forward for any of these things that the Republicans would do, the, the Senate is going to be that bulwark. And unfortunately, we'll probably lay down some legislation and get some bipartisan things done, which will, which depending on who's in control in the House, will probably die there, which is sad because the country needs action. That was our fear of the split, you know, Roe was in here and he, he called the House to the Republicans and sent it to Democrats. He ended up being right. Um, thinnest margins. The you know A lot of people, Brooks, David Brooks, said it was going to be razor thin. It ended up being razor thin on both ends. So there are still people and sources out there that, that are following what's actually going on, folks. So we would encourage you to, to, to use that out. media yeah. and not, not follow the echo chambers. Uh, number four was, so despite the Democrats holding the Senate, Still, Republicans will make a spectacle in the House. And this is the only thing that we know that they're actually going to do that they've come out and they've talked about. They've told us that they're going to do it. Drama in the House will likely be the focus of the next two years. As the 2024 presidential election approaches, the House GOP is still be able to hold high-profile investigations, including the Hunter Biden laptop situation and punchly move to impeach members of the Biden administration, though that would go nowhere in the Senate. Um, we're talking about Mayorkas. They've already like already sent notices to Homeland Security that he needs to show up and explain the disaster that's happened. You know, the, uh, on the southern border, just, these things, these these boogeymen that they've troped up. It's just going to be this is what you voted for. If you split a ticket or you didn't go out to vote or you said I really feel like this is what you're going to get instead of fixing helping to continue to fix inflation, which inflation is now I think going down. We see that it's been addressed and it's going to continue to go down. Uh, Instead of doing anything that's going to actually help our country continue to be stronger, get legislation that's going to help everyday Americans deal with things, these people are going to be focused on investigations. And for McCarthy, if he's going to get speaker, to do that, he's going to have to give the crazies like Marjorie Taylor Greene chair committees on these investigative committees so they can go to town. And this because all they want to do is create a spectacle. What did you call it? Um, uh, uh, about populism. the uh, perform Performative, performative populism. populism. That is what we're going to see. That and and I hope that the American, emphasis on the performance. I hope that the American people watch this because this is what you get. Yeah, instead this of talking about what, the real this issues, this is what you get. Yeah, instead Nothing, of talking about the real yeah. issues, instead of actually talking Benghazi. about Benghazi, you get yeah, Benghazi. What we're going to do the the kitchen table issues that are that are driving voters out there on on issues like inflation or cost of living increases, stuff like that. That 
you know, might not necessarily be linked uh, and low wages or labor issues, economic issues. You have just voted in a group of folks that are literally going to do nothing for you. They're not even going to take up those, those issues. They're going to tell you what your issues are and um, instead of the other way around. And I think that that's going to be telling. I think when, you know, let's say, you know, we're going through a holiday season, you know, will we feel a crunch next year? We don't know. Zach and I are still debating that. Yeah. Um, but you've just voted in a group of people that quite literally don't give a shit about what your issues are. They're going to blame it on Joe Biden. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, your decision as a voter to be like, I agree or disagree. But look at what everything else that they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I ask you to do is when it comes down time yeah. to it two years from now, look back and see what yeah. they did for because you. Because I think this time around, the voters were really intelligent in terms of like looking at some of these people going, wow, that guy, you know, hasn't done anything on, you know, right. they, 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 all they've said was Joe Biden is the cause. Well, look of at Lauren Boebert. She just went out there and went on TV. She for ran herself. against Nancy Pelosi. She ran against Nancy Pelosi and which was never smart, and, but also just ran out there running her mouth all the time. And did nothing, literally nothing for her district, and her district responded. Yeah. And had it been a presidential election, I think she would have been beat. Yeah, you, you, I, that's I, a good I, argument. I think. I, I mean, think she hopefully we'd see. Hopefully we'd see more than twenty-seven to thirty percent. Oh, you know, th- there are, showing in there, the Democratic yeah, Party. They, they always come out in presidential. Okay, and the final one, which is kind of where we want to end here with our last, like you know, ten-ish minutes, is there's a new era in dem- Democratic power uh, coming forward. Uh, with the Democrats' losses and relegation of the minority in the House for the next few years, longtime House Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi is stepping aside. It will usher in a new era of younger Democratic leaders, but Pelosi's time as Democratic leader shouldn't be undervalued. Despite a mostly mythological Dems in disarray narrative that the right has put forward over the years, Pelosi provided a remarkable 20 years of consistency and effectiveness. During her time in office, Republicans have seen their speakers struggle to hold the party together. Newt Gingrich saw backlash that led to his downfall. Dennis Hastert resigned. John Boehner was essentially ousted by the far right. And John, and Paul Ryan's brand suffered immensely under Trump. The bottom line is, as Pelosi makes way for a new generation, she's likely to go down as one of the most effective speakers in history. And I've read articles from both right-leaning uh, sites and, and um, publications in the middle and the left that have said that she is one of the most consequential leaders of a generation. And I'll say this, since I'm talking and I'll hand over to James, I have disagreed with her many a time on, uh, I, I never thought she was great at messaging. I thought her messaging was always kind of discombobulated. And, uh, and I thought we could have a more powerful voice in terms of getting more Americans. I think she was never able to shake the boogeyman image that, that the, the right painted her with a, you know, a large portion of the, the right-leaning middle of this country and the far right. Um, but what you cannot argue with as much as I would, you know, which always brought me back to, well, God damn it, she got that done, is she could legislate like nobody's business and she could pull a caucus where she had a four-vote margin with a Jared Golden and the squad and get them lined up and get things about The things that got passed under her tenure from basically like 2007 to when she took the break to when she came back in. Um, I mean, the amount of, le- she's going to be able to go retire and go home and be like, man, I, I got some, I oversaw getting some serious pieces of law done for the American people. And um, I, I guess if you're a public servant, there's nothing better than having a body of work that you can go to. You look at all those guys and some of those are big names, right? Newt Gingrich, Boehner, Paul Ryan, Hastert. Didn't Hastert end up in jail? For yeah, they could, but they, yeah, right. But they couldn't fucking get anything done, and they had margins. 
that were huge. Well, I think I think a, huge. I think Paul this, Ryan. This isn't Boehner, this isn't me I mean, trying God. to be non-moderate. I think you know as, that's just facts. As it's many, history. As many of the as and I, and as I like I like Boehner's. As much well, he's 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 a likable guy, dude. I mean, he. I mean, no offense. I mean, not politically. I I don't agree with him. No, no, no. But 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 he's the type of but guy. He, but he, he but, but he, have a beer with. He didn't. And but, but he didn't. With and go, Damn, he, didn't he didn't scare me when he was Speaker of the House. No. I didn't well, sit there he, and go. He, he called out like the Freedom Caucuses. These guys are a bunch of fucking nuts. Yes, you know, and they were they were crazy. And I think that it's you know the. I like I, 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 I like I like I like Paul Ryan too. Like I, like I, I again I didn't care for Paul I, Ryan. I guess I guess, Paul Ryan was. Was he he scared me a bit in terms of taxes? I mean, he was definitely right. That, I, I'm not I'm not talking. I'm, I, I don't I don't agree BS, with these guys yeah. on on philosophical things. But I, 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 I think was, they were. I was never I was never scared that yeah. Paul Ryan was gonna or, or Boehner was going to overthrow the government or yeah. bend over backwards to go along we with just these had people who are crazy. Disagreements policy. Wise. Yeah, and, and, but, but that, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a moderate thing. It's like. I would never sit there and go like, my God, I have to flee this country because Paul Ryan's Speaker of the House. Never in a million years would you catch me saying that. Nor John being like, you know that those people put country in front of party. They cared. We may have had differences on what to best to do fiscally or those things, but they did not have those. I did not have those fears with those, 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 those men. Okay. And so I think that's important. Listen to us when we're saying this. This I, is the nuance. Right, folks. Yeah. Hello. I think the I think the fact that the Republican Party, you know, always putting the the, the Democrats in this narrative format of being in disarray, uh, wimpish, unable to really, uh, you know, govern. I think they need to look at themselves, well, right? And I think every time they do this, every time a political party, we see we've seen this with Trump. Like every time he's looking over there, saying or pointing over there, saying, you know, these people are un-American. Or these people are, you know, doing something illegal. Chances are he's doing something illegal. We just we've seen the, tele, the telegraph. You you wonder how time. you wonder how long it's going to take for the majority of Americans to agree. And and this is not a secret. So when I say this, it's not like a conspiracy theory. Just listen to Republicans; they will tell you, they do not like the federal government. They want to dismantle it. They want to break it. So when you elect them to be the deciding legislators and lawmakers of the federal government. And they don't legislate and they don't do anything except for investigate. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Yeah. You are sending people who don't want to do the job. It's a comedy show, but it's like Parks and Recs. I forget the, the actor's name, the guy with the beard who's got Overman like... Or... Yeah, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah. He, he sits there and he goes... Never seen the show. He's like, I, I said this before, I'm a Republican. I don't even believe in the Parks and Recs institution. <laughs> I took the job so I could break it down and destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like, yeah. like it's, it's, a, it's, it's in jest, but that's, those are the people that are actually in office now. It was a joke at one point on a syndicated TV show that everybody, a lot of people thought was funny. Now that guy is actually hold, like being elected to Congress and in the Senate in some situations. So when you have people where their main goal is to stop it, to stall it, to break it, to debt ceiling it, to default, I don't know what you expect. Like you can't, like that, that's insanity to me. Like, well, I don't understand why they didn't do anything for... They don't want to. This is not the mechanism that they feel like does that. They want it gone and out of the way so the states can do whatever they want. Independent legislature theory, all those things, yeah. all right? So that, that's just that's just what I want to put out there. But, but dude, just to bring us back here, Pelosi, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I think Pelosi is... is certain, your feelings on her. I, I will say this. Like, I disagree with Pelosi probably for the past, like, six years. Not disagree with her politically um, because no matter where you fall, like... I, but then again, I'm I'm a person who doesn't think the Affordable Health Care Act was the worst thing since you know right. the uh, you know the flood. Right. Um, 
You're talking about Noah's flood. Yes, of course. Um, you know, uh, six thousand years ago. Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think With it the was dinosaurs. the worst thing in the world. And to see her patch that 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 piece of legislation together, I think, was kind of the culmination of a of a of yeah. a career. Um, I know that there's people listening right now. Um, the two of the listeners that we have um, who probably have a really bad image of Nancy Pelosi, and I just want to throw this out there. Um, to, you know, here's the thing: the Republican Party spent nearly 20 years of completely assassinating this woman's character and and really going after her in a way that I don't think I've seen. Like Bill Clinton had. Eight years of brutality, well, right? And what, what Until did, things stuck. And what did this culminate in, James? Somebody, somebody actually, tri- somebody actually tried to kill yes. her, but she wasn't in. Um, well, so they tried, so tried to kill that, her. Husband. I gotta be honest. That's the second time. I mean, the, oh, January sixth. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, January, like, where's yeah, yeah, Nancy? You know, true, all that. Yeah. I mean, time. to where you've 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 uh, worked these folks up into such a frenzy that they feel like they have to kill somebody. Yeah. Uh, you've done a terrible job, and I would say to anybody who... Like, how dare you shame on you? Yeah. Like, if, 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 I would if, say, you, yeah, I would say you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing. I didn't always agree with Nancy Pelosi. I thought she... I'll, I'll, I'll begin with the criticisms. Um, I think she suffers from what Joe Biden suffers from. Like, not a great public speaker. Doesn't sort of have that gravitas right. uh, at the podium that people have. Right. Um, but I think if you put her in the back room and you have her whip everybody in shape, um, she's proven time and time again that she could do that. Um, I think that she she served as a bulwark against some of the worst impulses that Donald Trump had as president. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, I think that she was able probably to get even Republicans on board with she, trying to keep some stuff she, she, from she, happening. She, she, out, she outmaneuvered him and outmasterclassed him in politics. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, and I think that... Those uh, books will come out in about five to ten years, of course. by the way. Well, I think, we're, I think we're really going to know what, what went down there. Yes, and I don't think you have to wait too long. Uh, or you don't have to wait at all uh, just to know what she meant to the Democratic Party, which you have Barack Obama doing a... a an interview with Pod Save America saying that he would not have gotten anything done without Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. That she did a lot of the heavy lifting and, and where it counted. So um, if you're a fan of Barack Obama, then you might sit there and say, hey, man, maybe I should give Nancy Pelosi a break. I will say that she, she like many people in politics, like went probably too long. I like the wisdom. I like having people who know what they do. I'm not an ageist. I don't think that just because Joe Biden's 80 years old doesn't mean that he can't run for president. Um, I think it should be faculty. I think it should matter if you're cognitive or not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, she, she went. She um, went I think she went a little far. She went real um, But too. I think at the same time, um, you know, the fact that she suffered through this, um, um, she suffered through some of these more sort of torturous sort of uh, uh, what is it? Character assassinations, I guess you could say. Um, and she kept coming back and not being thwarted. I think. Hey man, I think that should that should, this is gonna sound so sad in the twenty first century, but like if you tell me that women can't play politics or they can't play politics at the highest level, man, you're you're, you're a fucking dinosaur. Well, I mean, she is she's a monster. She was a monster as a speaker. Um, there were times I disagreed with her. There was times I wanted her to fuck out because I'm thinking you know younger people need to be involved in this. Yeah. But let's be honest, man. I mean, what the what the youth of the Democratic Party shown me is they're not they weren't ready. Yeah. 
and uh, hopefully the the new fellow maybe Hakeem Jeffries yeah, yeah maybe we'll see he, what's maybe, up. yeah we'll see what's up and, and he's not super young I think he's in his forties but um yeah. but or maybe even late forties I don't know enough about him so I don't want to get, yeah. get in there but and I'm not trying to say but, that every but, young but, person doesn't right. have what it takes I'm just saying what we saw out of the progressives yeah 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 this is yeah. our time it's our time and yeah. we saw you know combat the new, we combat saw the new, like MAGA we saw the new Green Deal and it was like that, those are great ideas I just can't put it in legislation yeah because you haven't you don't have any trans transition you never contextualized it to a real market um okay so. Let, let's throw this out. I want to throw this out there real quick because I think it comes back to really the issue that Americans need to wake up to and are starting to wake up to. Just because somebody puts up posters around town, you know, an effigy of somebody, you know, portraying them as a caricature, and because they don't go on Twitter or social media and talk about how they're the greatest every day, sometimes the people that get the most done just quietly do it. They take the lumps, they take the social media lumps, they take the nastiness that people are throwing at them. And they just keep going to work. And then they actually get shit done. And maybe at some point in this next season, because this is wrapping up our midterm kind of special, because we're going to get into the, the next season here where we start looking at topics that are relevant to where we're at. Probably looking at topics that these that the House Republicans are going to start uh, investigating. We'll, we'll probably doing our two or three part Afghanistan special when that, when that happens. Um, but I wanted to say that, you know, at some point too, maybe before the end of this year, you know, to uh, to give respect where respect's due, perhaps the last episode should be to go back and we'll we'll pull up all the legislation that she helped put together, and the millions of different Americans in both blue and red and purple states, including people who didn't vote for her and probably hate her, what she brought into their lives and by by giving that legislation, um, so that you can see that while somebody sits there and gets dragged through the mud on news channels and propaganda news channels and propaganda podcasts and. People trying to kill them, uh, they're quietly sitting there continuing under that threat to work and bring real impact and improvement into people's lives. So I got to be honest. The fact that she didn't walk away years ago is is amazing to me. I mean, taking that, taking those shots, taking the the bullshit, the fact that she still came. She's from a, of a bygone era. That you just I, you did I, you did go back I, to work and you did the work for I gotta, the people who. I, I have to say, and I'll leave the thought with this for where we're headed. Uh, I am I'm worried, Jay. I think if it had only been her that was under threat, you know who knows. I think because her husband almost died, that was a big thing for her in terms of getting out of there. And I hope to God that this isn't an open door now to go after people's families is a way to try to remove them from political office. And we see this right now. We see people going after school board people and town council people and threatening families and stalking and going after people. This is not how you affect change. You don't get to just be violent because you don't like the way something is. And if you are, you don't belong in this society. You, you don't can, get to be a part be, of this contract. You can be angry. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, check your anger at the fucking door, guy, because... What I don't want to do is live in a society where if I disagree with you politically, that I now have to open up your brains, you know what I mean? Like open up your skull and just like look at your, your head. Yeah. I think, you know, a guy showing up at her house with a hammer, I think probably put things in perspective. But I will say this for Nancy Pelosi. I think if, if she was in this like 100%, she would have stayed um, because, dude, that chick, nothing thwarted her. And, and I know that like everyone's going to say, yeah, but this is different because a guy showed up at her house with a hammer. I think. Nancy Pelosi was telling us for a long time she was going to stay, take a step back. That this last time, this last speaker position was going to be her last. She was telegraphing this move a while well, ago. Hey, but I think this was definitely the right decision because when a guy shows up at your house with a hammer, it doesn't matter if he's schizo, doesn't matter if he's like, you know, hearing voices. 
the fact of the matter is he feels that he lives in an environment where that's okay. Yeah. Um, even people who are crazy knows they, they legally, most of them know the difference between right and wrong. If, if so, I like what sorry. you said, if the old guard like Pelosi and Biden in their age, if their, if their final act of service was to be that bulwark and to help, help inch us forward coming out of this pandemic and this worldwide, you know, just, uh, awful. The trip ec- to the right yeah. that we've been having. <laughs> awful economic situation, but uh, the bulwark against MAGA. If it was if if what they did ended up saving us, and hitting us back into a trajectory of <clears throat> putting us in a road where the middle and the establishment is going to come back and and have conversations again and work together, which to be honest with you, these last two years we've already seen a, more. But like we talked about this more bipartisan legislation has been signed in two years than we've had in the previous you know twelve. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Well, and also I just want to say that, like you know, if you're if you're on the wings, right, and not that you're even listening to this because you wouldn't listen to something like this if you were on the wings, whether you be a progressive or whether you be a MAGA person. <laughs> because if you do, you think we're on the wings. Yeah. So <laughs> the if opposite way. Yeah. If you're if you're on the wings, you know, and you feel that 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 political violence is a is a legitimate means to you know getting your point across or or getting across the finish line, you haven't read our history. You know we for all of our ills and faults, for the sin of slavery to the sin of, you know, basically apartheid rule in a lot of ways in certain areas in the South and, uh, you know, the economic sort of locking out of entire groups of people, um, the discrimination that still exists. Um, you know, America historically, and I can say this, you know, obviously from a white male's perspective where I'm, I'm comfortable, so I'm not trying to mansplain anything to you or white-splain anything to you, but nothing has ever been handed to anybody in this country. Like everything has had to, you've had to make an argument. You've had to make an argument and you've had to organize and <clears throat> nothing's given to you. So when you hear the progressives say it's our time now, or you see the MAGA people saying it's our time now, the fact of the matter is you haven't done the heavy lifting and January 6th isn't the heavy lifting, dude. You know, not showing up to vote is not doing heavy lifting. It's literally going against everything that you have to do in order to, to make a true change in this country. So fuck right off if you think that you're owed anything, um, you know, because at the end of the day, everybody has to fight for their little piece in America. And you can not like this system. I, I'll listen to the criticisms, but I won't listen to conspiracy theories. And I won't listen to anybody telling me that, you know, all of our ills can be blamed on one person as much as I'm going to sit there and say and reject wholesale that not every one of our problems can be fixed by one person. It's going to take us as a community to do it. Right. And I know that sounds like a cliche and stupid, but you do it through consensus building. You do it through, <clears throat> you can even do it through industrial action. You can do it through protest, but you don't do it through burning things down, hurting people, destroying lives. You don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I even mean, if even if you feel like your life has been destroyed, you don't do that. Yeah, I mean, you get to you get to you you can do all those things like you said, but we will not let you destroy this country. It's not perfect. It's not the perfect union that our founders hoped it would be, but they created a system where we could we could use that use that structure and that mode to work always towards a more perfect union. If you're here to break it, to destroy it, to go back and change those laws or overturn those laws, you're you're not taking an American approach. You're wanting to destroy the America that our founders set out to do, uh, to build and to create and and to hopefully last as long as it could. And our fathers and mothers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, yeah. our yeah, our grandparents, the greatest generation, yeah. died for. Generations have died for. So you know, you lose, you lose, and you take it and you accept it. So 
I hope, and I can see that without being an actress. Yeah, I, I, I hope, I hope that, I hope that, I hope that MAGA and the rise of fascism is on its decline. I hope it got defeated before it could do any real damage. That will be yet to be seen, but it seems like the American people were pretty loud and resolved um, on that on that decision making. And good um, for you, good yeah, for us. Yeah, good for us, good for us. All right, so we'll see where it goes when we come back um, next week. Jay and I will talk a little bit. Uh, before then about kind of where we want to go with this season and the topics we want to hit. Um, you know, a lot of this... Hopefully we'll have a topic next week. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll have a topic. Well, we'll next we'll week talk is Thanksgiving. Are you going to be in town for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I will be. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Thanksgiving, we might take a, a week off. Actually, you know what? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, we will take a week off because actually uh, my uh, one of my kids has a, a club soccer tournament Thanksgiving and I'm going to be away for those two days. So we will take a week off, but... In the two weeks, in the week off, we'll 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 start laying out a foundation of where we want to go, um, in terms of what we want to talk about. We'll maybe, return to our deep. May, dives. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll deep dive into the judiciary and some of the court cases that like the the, the independent legislator uh, cases theory. up on the docket theory, and we want to talk about why that would be um, so absolutely disastrous for this country. So maybe we should dive into that the judiciary as a whole, but specifically look at that case and what what that decision might lead to in terms of how this country could work. Um, or not work. Or not work, yeah. <laughs> and we can talk about uh, Alito's loose lips. Ba- yeah, basically, basically, just as a, as a foreshadowing here, they would be overturning you know, Marbury versus Madison and the idea of judicial review. Which is which would put them out of business. Yeah, which yeah, they would be. They would basically saying we have no, we have no, place <laughs> we have there. no purpose here. Yeah, and so we're just gonna have a lifetime appointment, making a lot of money, doing nothing. Uh, peace out, bitches. There will be no other Supreme Court justices outside of this. It'll just be yeah. literally yeah. an order. State Supreme Courts uh, pack up. There's no need for you to exist. Yeah. And if you want, to, and there is a part of our history that actually that happened, right? I mean, the first few. I mean, it wasn't until Marshall. That you have Marbury v. Madison, and he wasn't the first, you know, Supreme right. Court. And, and 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 yeah, so um, so yeah, there's a little taste for you guys, a little yeah. taste right there. We're gonna, yeah. we're, well, so we'll come back in two weeks. We'll talk about the judiciary, uh, maybe maybe even the history thing, like a little history yeah, on the sure. on the yeah. judiciary it's, of the it's, court. It's fun, yeah. Um, and then uh, although it's, it's a weird, it's a weird setup. It, it is it's a, a very weird, weird setup. setup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we'll talk about kind of that big case and and where that where the, everything's happening. Oh, we can actually say it, dude, because this is like a holiday thing. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy your turkey, your tofurkey, whatever the fuck I, you're gonna I, eat. I'm, Enjoy. I'm thankful Maggie got kicked in the no-no box, and democracy looks like it is. Well, I think I'm getting healthier we, and stronger. We live to fight another day. Yeah, we live to fight. You another know, day. We're, we're not dead yet, guys. And enjoy your family, your or don't enjoy your family. It's up to you, really. Uh, we all have that crazy family member. We don't. Yeah, if you if you, if you got Uncle Maga Joe, you can just kind of snicker yeah. at him and laugh, and chuckle while you walk better by. Not to even talk to Maga Joe because he might hurt you. <laughs> he might, he yeah, might poison yeah, the turkey. Yeah, if he shows if he shows up to Thanksgiving dinner with a hammer, <laughs> yeah. you guys might want to disperse quickly. Yeah, yeah. or uh, yeah. <laughs> and, a hammer and for some reason an eye patch. <laughs> He's definitely gone full blown over the fucking yeah, yeah, yes. Run as fast as you can. All right, uh, Jimmy, it was fun. Yeah, Zach, it's always great. I can't believe we're on episode six. That's crazy. And uh, I'm still uh, I'm still a little upset that the Taylor Swift uh, tickets aren't available. And on that note, we'll catch you guys in two weeks. Bye. <laughs>